What is up, y'all? This is the Blue Collars. The Blue Collars. Blue Collars. <laughs> the Blue Collar Philosophers. We're off to a great start here today. <laughs> oh, this is this is Devin. Is it? That's Biker Mike. <laughs> and we are alone in the studio today. No guests. Classic. This no is classic BCP. We got no friends. <laughs> the thing is, uh, with this time of year, it's kind of nothing but friends everywhere. Like, everyone's starting to have a little bit of time off. Yeah. So, yeah, we could just go nuts over the whole. Do you know what I've noticed? Now, this is not a promise. This is not a hey thing we should do. And I kind of messaged you about it. I'm not sure if you even thought about it. But a Christmas bonanza of, like, if we just have a friend home, we just record it and release it. Because everyone else in the podcast industry, they just stop over the holidays. Oh, shit. I was going to suggest that. <laughs> Just stopping. I suggested it. No, oh, I was going to suggest just stopping. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. I'm like, hey, when we were, if we have a friend over, we record and just release it. Like, just all over the place. Just have no addendum, no topics, just us riffing with our friends. Interesting. Because people don't know how much they love doing this until they sit down until and do it. Until they start. And so then you want to like, create little podcasters. I want to create people just that more beckon m- us and bring whiskey. It's like, hey, can we More record? middle-aged white guys talk... You know, why do they gotta be white? What's wrong? What's why? Why? Because all they podcasters gotta... are white guys. <laughs> you know this. No, no, Dustin. No, Dustin's not a podcaster. <laughs> he is not a podcaster. He's a introverted heart who kind of force on here. And he's oh, native. Funny. I think. I don't know. Nigel is definitely. He's Métis. He said it. <laughs> a little bit in there. They're still, they're still technically that's white. Ha- that's what we have up here. <laughs> I think Métis are technically white. <laughs> Métis is the whitest native out there. Whitest native. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so good. The bullet. Classic. The God. staple. Yeah. Oh, it really is. It's just a great whiskey. It's, it's fine. I was listening to a different podcast today and I heard them doing the whole... Mm-hmm. Planking the glasses and Amanda's like, oh, that's really distracting. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> no, not at all. What, what? Like to me, I was like, I feel like I'm I'm in the room. It's like you're hanging out with a bunch of guys. You hear drinks clinking. You yeah. like it's. I don't know. That's that's part of the ambience. Yeah, you don't want to just be like, all right, uh, we're having a conversation today about. Uh, <laughs> there are podcasts that like they open with a sip, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. But you know. But hearing a little bit of clinking, stuff like yeah. that, it just makes it feel like you're in the room. Yep. Not a sterile environment. It's like you're in a lived-in space. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was, I was listening to this one, and they had the clinking of the glass, and I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like it, totally. sounds, it sounds right. Uh, I've been in a room called a, um, oh, what was it called? A fountain room? But it had a fountain in the middle of the room, and it mm-hmm. just babbles there. It just makes this bubbly noises from all the water trickling and everything. And, yeah. and you were able to have conversations with small groups of people. So if you had like three people in a corner over here, you could have a conversation, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't bounce over all the way to the other side of the room because because the the uh, water was dis- distilling the the sounds in the room, so that your voices weren't carrying everywhere. It was something in a. Uh, I want to say it was in a palace in Ukraine, but I'm not sure if it qualifies as a palace. It was yeah. fucking awesome. It was so right cool. now it's rubble. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it was in the Crimea region, so it's still good under oh, Russian still good. rule. They already got annexed a while ago. Mm. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. They've accepted their fate. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we stand with our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. <laughs> 
Unless they don't want to be stood with, in which case we mind our own business. Who are we? I don't know. I don't know. I know. I like this whole minding my own business thing about it. I am. I am becoming more and more an isolationist. I've got vague opinions about the whole thing, but I'm like, really, really, what is my outrage? What is my little like bio pic on Facebook with the little yellow and blue flag flag? Flag. (laughs) What's it gonna do? What are you saying about the people with that on their 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 profile? Huh? Is that a Freudian slip? Freudian slip. You virtue signal through Facebook, you're a fag. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Unless you're from there, in which case, you know, power to you. Yeah. A whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. But if me, you're just me like, doing it, like, that's like, yeah, all you're doing is virtue signaling. You're yeah. doing jack all yeah, to help like, anybody. Me to, don't forget about me, guys. Don't forget that is the don't forget about me. I'm here too, guys. And oh, I, I, I fucking hate it. I'm like the same with the black square when you just turn <clears> your <throat> whole profile picture black, or uh, the French one when the, the 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 France had their shit. They did the same thing. Everybody, everybody does it, and I'm like, no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever did it for any of them. No, I I am not a big on do, going all along with social norms. <laughs> I don't like it. It's just the, vir- like the virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. Like the, without having the virtue. The, that's the thing. Like yep. <laughs> you're, all you're doing is saying, hey, like, <laughs> I believe the good thing like you guys too, right? I deserve some credit <laughs> without doing anything I'm going to make a virtuous. really, I'm going to make a really bold statement here. Wars are bad and I don't, I don't like racism. Like that, that is, right. I, I like, think everyone needs to know where I stand on this shit. Honestly, oh, good. No, no. If you want to impress me, tell me that you're not like you're like I am pro war and racists are okay with me. Like yeah, that. That's exactly. a, that's a bold statement saying I'm not okay with racism. Oh, congratulations. So is ninety nine percent of everybody else. It's just the one percent of tards out there that make us look bad because <laughs> they they happen to share the same skin color as I do. But black people can be racist too. I know. I've experienced it. Natives, did you know I got told as a kid, I don't talk to white people. I was hitting on this chick because I was like 12 and mm-hmm. I liked the ladies. And I was trying to hit on this girl. She's a cute kid because I was a cute kid. And uh, I was like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, I don't talk to white people. And I'm like, hey, that's our thing. <laughs> I'm like, this is not fair. <laughs> I didn't care. But apparently she did. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's well deserved, but I did I, at the time. I didn't think so. <laughs> it's funny. I laugh because at the time, were you like, "Hey, that's our thing"? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was not nearly that sophisticated. I wish I was. You know, I would have. <laughs> I've just been sitting here trying to think. Like, was he that funny then? Mm-mm. No, twelve-year-olds are that funny. <laughs> no, not intentionally. Anyways, they're accidentally that funny. Exactly. My, They're accidentally that My funny. kids have done some stuff that's so hilarious <laughs> and they have no idea. Like, uh, I don't even know. I can't name I it offhand. The, except hula- for, the hilarity of innocence. Oh, yeah. The, the joke. And you're like, nope, don't. Lie. <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Just let them be innocent. Mm-hmm. You don't need to interject it with your sick sense of humor. You sick, sick son of a bitch. Yes. That's 90% of my jokes. <laughs> the thing is, uh, most of my kids are in an age where they're still not catching those jokes. So I can say a horribly hilarious joke like, Dad, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, I want Mom. And they're like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, at some point very soon, you're going to say a joke like that, and Gideon is just going to like full body cringe. Yeah, we're you're, like, you're just going to see him like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, nope. There it is. There it is. He's getting it now. <laughs> now he gets it. And the, the thing is, I have the shirt that says, that's what she said. <laughs> And he's like, who's she? I'm like, she's a fucking whore. No. Uh, <laughs> she says horrible things. No, <sighs> I can't explain it. So do you know what I did? I put the shirt away. <laughs> like, it's, I'm just not ready to deal I'm with that not yet. ready to deal with it. So it's folded. It's in the back of the back drawer. Like, I built a third drawer and put it in. No, I didn't. But yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? At some point, you just had to wait for your youngest kid to drop a that's what she said joke. You're like, all right. And come back up and just pull it out of the dust and just shake pull it, it up. Pull it back out of exile. I've missed you, shirt. <laughs> it's already lost. It's it's glad it's all like oh, it's a, it would be a new thing again. That's the thing. They yep. would think come oh, back God, around. That's a, that's that's Did new. Did you think of that yourself? <laughs> so many jokes like that. All right, should we talk about things that kids don't get? Okay. All right. The subject in which today... Yes, we're talking about Santa. Santa Claus. Fucking Santa. Okay. Now, I have met a ton of people that agree with my stance, the stance I've chosen to take with my children with Santa. And what is that? I told them from the get-go, there is no Santa. If you want toys from Santa, you go ahead and fucking wait. Well, I didn't say that. You go ahead and wait for those toys and let me know when they get here. Is that what you really said? More recently, yes. Okay. Yes. In in the more recent (laughs) years when they watch enough TV and enough movies. And and I watch the movies and the movies are very never stop believing, always believe. Like it's very adamant of this changes as you get older or... But it's very, it does that. But then they tell you never stop believing. And it's this esoteric language of if I stop believing, then it stops being real. And, and I'm like, no. Okay. Am I just that way? Because it does become that of you stop believing and it stops. I'm sorry. But if there were presents showing up under a person's tree, unac- like no, um, Unaccounted for. Mm-hmm. There's nobody saying, "Hey, hey, I fucking bought that," or, <laughs> or where the hell did that come from? If there was presents showing up underneath my tree, and somebody else is claiming it, I think I'd be pretty quick to say, "Yeah, there's magic here. I can't explain this." Everyone would be doing it. Everyone could explain it away really quick. It's like, okay, there has to be a Santa. There's none of that. That's a fucking lie. And you really butthurt, butthurt about Santa. I, where, where on the doll does Santa touch you? <laughs> can't talk about that either. <laughs> I've been seen some things, done some things. No, I haven't done anything. Had some things. (laughs) (laughs) And anyways, and so I've decided to take this line with my kids. There is no Santa. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to ruin it for other kids, but there is no Santa. And and, um, if you're a child listening to this who still believes in Santa. Why are you listening to this? Your parents are horrible people. (laughs) Honestly, they shouldn't be listening. <laughs> so no one get all butthurt of, sh- Mike, shut up. No, you fucking shut up. I've, I've, met, I've, I've already second-guessed myself on this enough <laughs> mm-hmm. because I do believe in a certain level of, uh, I hate to use this word because I hate it so much, Christmas magic. Yeah. Uh, because there is this thing of wanting to believe in magic. But wanting to believe, is it fucking enough? And I, I really, I get stirred, man. I do. 
and I'm trying not to, but at the same time, I don't want to lie to my kids. But did I rob them of something by... Of an experience. Of an experience by not lying to them. Yeah, I wonder that too, because I took the same stance with Mac that you're talking about. Like, it was... Like, no, we're just going to be up front right from the get-go. Like, you know, we didn't do the Santa thing. There's no presents under the, say, to Mac from Santa. Yeah. <clears throat> now, um, we didn't, We you know, we told him right away, like, you know, like, Santa's a character. Like, this, there's nobody going around dropping presents under the tree. You know, we buy them. <laughs> this is a gift from us to you. Yeah. Like, that. that's just been the stance. And I got to say, I kind of regret it. I... I don't, but I do, but I don't. You know that that, yeah. that plurality. I know. That you I, have I, I guess that. that's it too. Like I do, but I don't. But I do, but I don't. I wish I had a more sophisticated way to talk about it when Mac first came along than I did. But I didn't, <laughs> you know, and I didn't want to. But do you have one now? Do you have a sophisticated? I think I do, and maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. Okay. But yeah. like, I think I have a way that in in my own mind, the idea of Santa, the concept has been redeemed. All right. So we do this horrible thing where we're like, hey, we'll get back to that later. Yeah. And then we fucking don't. So I'm grabbing my notepad and I'm writing it down. down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep going. What? No, it's your move. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's I was my, just, just agreeing. All right. This, All right. I'm, so I'm, I'm waiting to hear your reasons. Like, All right. So why, I, why is this the way that you've I taken? Do, I don't want to... Um, play the my parents never hug me enough bullshit because I don't believe that uh, mm-hmm. they hug me plenty and uh, so I want to ask you a question then did your parents lie to you I mean <laughs> tell you Santa it's, it's lying well I'm just going to call it a lie because it is a lie this is, it's not a white lie it's a straight up lie did your parents lie to you when it came to Santa yeah they did the Santa thing while I was young okay uh, they did it though, so they did do it. Yeah. Do you think that any part of that could have played a role in your distrust of uh, religious norms? Like, do you think that, or, no. or did you did it get explained away enough that oh yeah, we just this is something parents do? No, it didn't. It, that, that honestly played no role in my, you know, in my struggle with faith or anything like that, other than maybe looking back at it with a cynical view and being like, here's an example of what, you know. You yeah. Know, it, yeah, it would be looking back cynically. But really, that played no role in the thought process that I went through. There was no level of distrust from parents or anything like that. Like, yeah. I remember su- suspecting, like, I'm not sure that the Santa thing's real. I remember uh, Christmas Eve... Like staying up, you know, my hall, my, my room <laughs> was down the hallway from the living room and like just cracking my door open a little bit and staying up really, really late, looking through the crack of the door, just kind of watching the living room. Yeah. And then eventually seeing my parents bringing, you know, presents over there. Okay. Putting them under the tree. I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> Did you burst out and be like, you liars. No, no, you just no, kind of like. Just okay. like I just kind of went to home, went went back to bed, and be like, "All right, I figured this out." You come from a long line of pacifists. Like, <laughs> I see it. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, it didn't bother me. I wasn't offended. Yeah, because you already had your suspicions. I already okay, had my suspicions. Okay, were you looking for them, or were you looking for Santa? Because some kids, they get in the point of, we're looking for Santa. Like, they're waiting for Santa. They're not waiting for their parents. I think I was up for any option. <laughs> you were kind of just... Seeing. I mean, like, of course, like, at that point, like, I don't know how old I was. Like, it, it was younger than what my son is now by a lot. Yeah. But like you know, and kids, kids not dumb. Like yeah. nobody was like, "Did you know Santa's?" Like nope, nobody would like spoiled the whole thing for me. Yeah, it's just like I kind of got to this this point where I was like, "Okay, I think I see what's going on here." I I was okay. You know, I've been called the Grinch. Yeah, I was told from a very early age that Santa wasn't real. Mm-hmm. And you know that annoying fucking tard in school that would ruin it for everybody. You mean you haven't changed? Interesting. It's so surprising. I, I am uh, Arrested Development <laughs> incarnate of, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know how it came up. I don't remember it, but I did, it's something that I did in high school, too. Yeah. And, and it just uh, ruined things. It was like movie day. And it's like, oh, we're watching this movie. I'm like, oh, is this the one where the kid dies in the end? <laughs> and all these guys like, hey! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. I had no filter. I yeah. probably still don't to a certain degree. <laughs> and so, yeah, as a kid, I was that kid that kind of ruined it for everybody. So as a parent who is trying to be more conscientious of my children and who where they come from, I'm like, all right, don't ruin this for other kids. Don't. And then uh, I was at somebody's house a little while ago, and they were talking about Elf on a Shelf and all this stuff. And uh, my wife started talking about how much work it is. Well, guess what? There's a kid there. And guess what? There's a parent there. And maybe she's not picking up that, no, it's no work at all, Amanda, because I don't do anything. The elf is doing it all. Like, this mom might Mm -hmm. be trying to push this lie to her kids for the magic and all this stuff. And I don't know if Amanda was picking up on it or maybe she knows that they've already told their kids Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And I'm like, okay. And there's something that I wish I would have done too. The elf on a shelf. Like I could have got really creative, like horribly creative. (laughs) Right? Like (laughs) Like, it kind of would have been Elf on a shelf would have been like partying with the Barbies and (laughs) passed out in the toilet (laughs) or I don't know, anything. (laughs) Or the drawn on the kid's face. There's some people that are getting really creative with that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh. Giving the credit, do the kids remember how many things the parents did? Also, it goes into one of my points of having this little person or uh, a snitch pretty much watching you all the time. The, the snitch is there. Mm-hmm. The, like, kids, you better act good. It's like, oh, look, there's an elf there. There's something watching you to make sure that you're good. And does the lie or the consequences of lying to your kids about the benefit of that outweigh? The, the lost trust because that's the thing they're becoming it's becoming more and more sophisticated the lies are getting more and more sophisticated they're coming up with better m- ways of doing it that we didn't have where kids it was just oh no internet you have disney that that's your social media or your media mm-hmm. influence as a kid and uh yeah there's just so much so, dynamic change okay, that I don't to, see. Explain to me how it's getting more sophisticated or what, what right, lies so, are getting more sophisticated. 
the lie of <clears throat> you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. He mm-hmm. sees you when you're sleeping, he sees you when you're... So there's this idea of the San- Santa knows whether you're good or bad. He's creating a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out if you're naughty or no- nice. So mm-hmm. where is he getting the information? Parents? Well, no, apparently it's an elf <laughs> or whatever. Whatever they want to use as their, as their uh, idea. So when we were kids, they didn't have that elf on a shelf. Yeah. The Germans had the uh, the, the giant elf, uh, Krampus, that would... Krampus, Krampus, yes. He was actually a big ogre-like <laughs> elf that was pretty much Santa's enforcer for bad kids. I did a little bit of research for this. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I've, I've, I've heard of Krampus many times. Yeah. yeah it's I didn't a very know German was. thing. I, I didn't know what it, where it came from, but apparently he was, an, he was pretty much an elf enforcer. And I was like, oh, that's still pretty crazy. I think it's, I think it's hilarious. Uh, Germans are great for that. Oh, yes. Their storytelling is so good. So <clears throat> when I talk about it's becoming more sophisticated, well, now they've created this little... It went from, we're just going to tell you that you have to be good because Santa knows. He knows and don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And then they've done, gone further to say, okay, here's this elf. All you got to do is put him in these funny areas, make him on a shelf or whatever. And people have taken that and they're like, oh, this elf is going to be mischievous because elves are mischievous. And they're going to get more and more creative with it, which is actually making the lie more and more complex. It's not just a shelf that you could, an elf that you can move from one shelf to another. That's, mm-hmm. a, well, that's all they had to do was move it 10 feet and then tell your kids, like, I can't reach that. <laughs> And yeah, and the kids are gonna buy it because they trust their parents. Kids trust their kids, their parents. They do. They're like, no, this person has my best interest in <clears throat> mind all the time. Why mm. would they lie? Okay, well, to a degree, I agree with that. However, I also think kids are clever and can get to a point like I did where you see through it. But then you're in on the joke and you're just participating. Yeah. Like that, that's a whole different thing than just being like, daddy, you lied to me. <laughs> but it's kind of like, okay, I kind of see what you're doing. Now I'm going to do a wink and a nod Yeah. and kind of go along with it because I know it makes you feel better. <laughs> but we both, we both know. We both know. <laughs> we come both on, know. Come on. Yeah. Eh. Come on. Eh. Eh. I'm in. I'm in the club. <laughs> right. It's like, like, it's like the beer with your dad moment. Of, yeah. Right. It is. It it's, is. It's, it's, it's like the first beer with your dad moment you get as a kid. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and, and that, that's something that something like Elf on the Shelf can work with too. Yeah. Right? Like, I know I'm saying this and it's going to be blatantly, it has to be blatantly obvious how ironic it is if you listen to the last episode where I freaked out <laughs> about creationism. <laughs> Isn't that... Oh. And like really, like, I mean, this should be really ridiculously ironic for both of us as Christians yep. <laughs> talking about how you shouldn't tell your, you shouldn't shouldn't tell your kids, kids that don't Santa's lie. <laughs> I th- okay. I right? think. Cause you can extrapolate, you can extrapolate that belief in this yes. mythical creature to the bigger one, right? Yes. Yes. That's more complex. It's more sophisticated. It's harder to disprove. It's, but I mean, in some way, in some ways you can look and be like, no, God's like Santa for, for grownups. Yeah. But anyway, I'll get back to... <laughs> which, which is uh, it's, it's a dangerous premise to go on to. Is God is Santa for growing? That's a... Any atheist worth his salt will, will yes. just know that yeah. and see the obviousness of yeah. it, right? Yeah, that's true. Like, it's not a dangerous premise. It's a decent fucking question to ask. Oh, yeah. No, it's a <laughs> decent if you're, question. If, if you're intelligent at all, you're going to ask it. 
Uh, yeah, and and if you're and if you're challenged or at least being challenged in any way, you're gonna you're going to have to pers- you have to answer that for yourself. Because yeah. if and you can't answer it for yourself, you are nobody to answer it to somebody who's asking. It's like, dude, I don't know. I believe, and I I just I'm leaving it at that. I don't want to challenge it because then I have to have, go through an existential crisis, and I'm not ready for that. So I'm just gonna say I believe. Yeah. So you know, I was going off about how like it's awful that we're like teaching people fundamentally that you have to believe the earth was created in six days, literal days, literal days. And like, there's no evolution. It's just bam, that animal was made. And then things of its lineage, you God know, developed it. afterwards. God bam, made the fish were made, bam, trees were made. Like that bugs me. It doesn't bug me because people believe it. I mean, as a Christian, I need to humble myself and say, yes, it is absolutely 100% possible for yep. God to do whatever he wants, if he's all powerful. In in any way he wants, he could make it look, he could make the world in six literal days, make it look like evolution just to test our faith. And who are we to second guess it? I think think it's probably worth second guessing that. Yeah. But again, that's, but no one's making that argument. Yeah. No one's like, oh, no. He, well, Actually, no, there are. There are people that There's say that literally, he, used, he, he made yeah. creation the way that he did to question, to force you to question your faith. Because it does take a certain it's very level of minor, faith. It's, it's a very small minority, but that is out there. Yes. I, well, yeah. Well, if I thought of yeah. it, obviously it, it has to be out there. created young to look old is the, you know, that's mm-hmm. the, the basic premise. But like, no, it doesn't bother me that people believe that. Yeah. And in fact, it's a better story than evolution. Yeah. Right? Like, it's a better way to talk about... Like, do, do you feel like it might be a, a bit of a cop-out for uh, young Earth people? Like, I can't explain evolution, so I'm just going to say God did it this way. And so I, I don't think so. I think they're not... I, I don't think they're doing it in that bad of faith. No. Okay. I, I, I don't think that they're just copying to... to creationism because they can't wrap their heads around it. So they're going to go with this one because that makes me seem smart. I don't think people are doing that. Yeah. Uh, But what bothers me is shutting down the conversation, you know, or just saying fundamentally and then conjuring, like rather than just being like, boom, you know, God made it. I'm taking that on faith. But, but then conjuring, like all these kind of pseudo scientific ways to try and justify the way it is. Yeah. Like to me, that that reminds me of like the parents being like, "Did you hear F- the pilot in a seven forty seven over Chicago said he saw Santa sleigh?" You know, like you yeah. know, like that kind of stuff where you're trying to not only just have the mystery, but you're trying to find extra ways to make it seem more realistic to to fit it in to material reality. Yeah. If you're trying to do that, like, and not giving, not giving them the opportunity to see the joke and to participate in it, then you're doing something, I think, but I think slips into the wrong territory. But I think that's part of the problem is that these, these kids, kids <laughs> are asking, it's like, how in the world does he get around the, how does he get around the world in one night? How does he do it? And instead of like, being like any kind of, uh, uh, magic, that's it. Fucking magic. And instead of being like, well, if you go time zone to time zone, the sun is setting and the earth is rotating. And if you actually go this. I, I, was, listening to, I was listening to a podcast that was going through this stuff. It was like, what's the, what is the most logical way that a physical Santa could accomplish this all in, in one night? So they did the math be like, okay, let's 
let's discount any cultures that don't celebrate Christmas. So oh, there you go. There's, there's that, there's, that cuts out, that cuts out, you know, a good chunk of, of children chunk across the world. Mostly Asia. Yeah. But <laughs> Asia, uh, Muslims, Muslims, yeah. Jewish people. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, you know, Jews. certain, certain, mm-hmm. certain cultures in various parts of Africa, like don't do it or things like that. Yep. So we'll just stick with the, the ones that celebrate Very Christmas Westernized. and that venerate Santa. Yeah. But even if you do that, like Santa needs to hit about 4,000 houses a second. Yeah. And okay. So we figured this out. Like, okay, what if Santa had a method of slowing down time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he would age exponentially faster than everybody else in the world <laughs> while he did it, because he would be yeah. experiencing time, even though what he's doing is happening in a flash, yeah. he would be aging exponentially faster than everything else around him. Okay. So like the reindeers would die instantaneously. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not listen to this one. I only went on a bit of a St. Yeah. Nick. Um, okay. Let's say he was using like some sort of light speed engine or something other but to do 4,000 houses a second, you don't need light speed. Really? You need a, a significant fraction of light speed to be able to do it. Yeah. But if, if any physical object, you know, like greater than a grapefruit was traveling that fast past houses, they would explode from the inertia. <laughs> from, yeah, just, just from air. Just, yeah, <laughs> just from the kinetic energy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So things like that, right? They were just kind of going through this as, yeah, as a fun trying, exercise. Trying to make an argument for Santa, arguing yeah. for Santa, like an apologist. They were Santa apologists at that point, or trying to be. Uh, I mean, they were trying to look at all the plausible explanations yeah. and be like, nope, that one doesn't work. Nope, that one doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it. But the thing is, what, I'm, what I was saying with that is kids have asked that. Mm-hmm. They do. They try and ask you a sophisticated question to catch you off your guard and you hijack it and disregard their question by saying magic. In that way though, you can, you can do that in a way that isn't disregarding them. Like if you're, if you're a clever parent, you could be like, how do you think that they do it? Let's figure this out. Or you can be, you can drop, maybe you could drop a plausible explanation and be like, see how they, see how they process this and how, what they come back with. Yeah. They go, well, you got to think about dead space there. There's a lot of land that they don't have to deliver presents to. It's not like he has to scour every square inch of every single field. I know. But like, I keep coming back to keep it playful. Yeah. Not fundamentalist. Yeah. But mm, some kids are smart enough to be like, okay. Yeah. I see the game you're playing. Know your children too. Know your kids. Don't be a... A parent that's not engaged until Christmas time, and it's like, okay, time to put up the yeah. lie. No, no, yeah. know your kids. Yeah, and a guy moving that fast, I'm pretty sure we didn't wouldn't have pictures of, <laughs> and he wouldn't be fat either. Yeah, unless you know that would help take away the burn, like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a lot of energy like, to consume. Yeah. So to get back to my point, like I'm not against belief in things. I'm not against a sense of of magic or wonder or miracle. Yeah. But what I really don't like, especially when it comes to like more nitty gritty stuff, like, you know, real talking about religion and faith and mysterious things that are in the Bible and we're trying to figure out is just shutting things down for the sake of your fundamentalism and then ramrodding people into that or get out, you know, without, and and then making up science to try and make it a material reality. It's like, basically you're trying to be a Christian and a materialist at the same time. Yeah. I, 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 I struggle with that. <laughs> I am, I am, I am bordering on the, but I believe in a certain level of mysticism that I'm like, okay, there are miracles. I know because I've fucking seen them. 
their demonic their demonic shit because I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Like, this is stuff that I can't like disregard because I was there. But at the same time, I'm very <laughs> very science based yeah. in the way that I view the world. I'm like, okay, how can we explain these things instead of sometimes being like. There are miracles. There is a certain level of mysticism to the world. There are UFOs because I've fucking seen those too. <laughs> so, to, to I know, just, but a guy doesn't want to get carried away with that and become yeah. like a, a whack job or somebody who's just like that's why I don't live by who's the UFO. Like super, you don't want to be somebody who's like super gullible, that's you know? Because right. like I tell you, like gullible churches make churches a lot of money. I'm sorry, gullible people make churches a lot of money. Yep, <laughs> or yeah. they make bad people a lot of money. Yeah. You know, because you can get sucked into, like, like the the sleight of hand, like, well, the, the, the spirit of the moment, like, the, you know, the stuff like that. And you can be caught up into thinking, like, well, all this is happening when really it's not. Well, the, the whole, hey, if you give me money, I guarantee you something good is going to happen to you today. And if you're living a good, honest life... Good things are going to happen yeah, to you. Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a self-fulfilling... It's like, oh, man, I gave money and this guy... Came and gave me a coffee. Yeah, he owed me a coffee, but I didn't expect to get it that day. I don't know. I know. Then all of a sudden, that one little thing becomes your fulfillment prophecy. Right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, that coffee, that double doubled the way I like it. He knew the way I liked it too, because I told him one time, six years ago. <laughs> yeah, he has a good memory. Congratulations. Yeah. So yeah, that that would be a problem I would have with the Santa narrative of parents, maybe being a little fundamentalist about it. Yep for strange reasons or like trying to make it material. Yeah. Where there, there, you could tell that the kids already passed it, but the parents are not ready for the kid to grow up. Hmm. Like the, the parents like, no, if you're done with this, I, I've just spent the last six, eight, eight years. We'll say eight, eight years, is, eight <laughs> years old is a good year to stop. Maybe, oh no, some kids are like 10, 11. I've spent the last 10 years trying to convince you that Santa is real and now you're telling me you don't believe? And some parents are like, they're not ready for that. They push it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I mean that's almost like a, that's almost a psychological illness that you're going through. Like, you should maybe see a counselor if that's the way you feel about your kids. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're if you're <laughs> not if you're ready like, for it no, to be over. No, you're not fucking growing up. We're doing this. <laughs> doing it one more time. And then you, you get you better. You better act like it's real like at yeah. that point you're... or you become spiteful and be like i'm not buying you anything then and yeah. santa's not getting anything this year or is he because you've been be, on the naughty you list you stop believing <laughs> so now you're not getting anything and yeah. if you're that parent fucking check yourself and I, that's some as as a parent who doesn't who i don't i don't i'm not to... sure i've ever met that parent no i don't think i've ever met that i person. believe they exist though i do maybe i mean i've met some spiteful parents yeah, some people are, some people suck. <laughs> some people a, straight up suck. I was at a martial arts tournament and this one dad like looked at his son and his kid is young, very young. And he's mm-hmm. like, you don't fucking tap. Not, I don't know if he swore. My wife was saying, he's like, yeah, that, that dad was telling him you do not tap. The kid was caught. He was caught. And again, somebody, a girl, I think he was wrestling a girl that was bigger than him and more <laughs> skilled, but the kid was caught. And he tapped and his dad was just, you could see the, the, the frustration. And I'm like, dude, no. Yikes. No. Ah, yeah. One of those. That fucking one, makes One me of those angry. arena sports oh, yeah. parents. Yeah. You hop in the ring. Why aren't you in there? Yeah. Why, why aren't you competing with the adults? Yeah. Go fight Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Aaron popped a rib. I'm pretty sure it's still school. Yeah. At that point, Aaron had popped a rib and he, 
he still did, he still did well in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. At that point, you want to take a guy just be like, no, I didn't Fuck see it. you tap. Sorry, did you tap? Oh, sorry, I didn't oh, notice. Sorry, that. keep, keep, just keep it making it up. locked. <laughs> I feel like your life is going to be a living hell if you don't learn. Because that's the thing. You got these parents that are out there that never. Like, I don't know, maybe they weren't exposed to it properly or they didn't get, they were like me where they never got told and then they got no presents because they're like, oh, Santa's not real. I don't have to give you anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's just shitty childhood, make, shitty people making shitty people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but that happens. That does happen. Not all the time. Predominantly, no. Yeah. Like, abuse, but, you know, there's, say, there's dark corners where it happens. I mean, yeah. like extreme situations tend to, you know, well, create trauma and. That has its own baggage. It goes on down the line. But some yeah. people just learn shitty behavior from, from you know, shitty parents. Yeah, that's true. And and but don't let your shitty parents be your excuse. Be your excuse to be a shitty parent. No, because the whole abuse people abuse people not actually true. Yes, it happens. Well, I mean, like, but as a general rule, I, it's I would not say it's not axiomatically true. true. It, yeah, it's it is a factor that it's in the milieu. Yes. Right. Because like, I know of people that were abused and they don't, like people who have been sexually abused, physically abused and all these things, but they're not abusers because they've been there and they're like, I would but never do that. Being but that being said, that being said, the majority of people that do do it are ones that had it done to them. Yes. So, I mean, like the axiom, I guess maybe proves true, like in, you know, further down the line of the people that make those choices. Like there's very few that just decide out of nowhere, Hey. Yeah. This seems like a great idea. I've never been exposed to this in any single way, but it's, this is novel to me and I'm going to do it. But on a percentage basis, it's actually going down. Yes, a lot are happening yeah. in a numbers basis, but percentage of population, it's actually going down. So yeah. uh, which is a good thing because society good, because society works. Yes. Like society does help. Yeah. Like being connected, being very Being connected, having, having people like encourage you to do good things, like that does spread as much as well, right? Yes. Like goodness works. Yes. Yes, it does. And being connected, isolationist never works. You can't be a complete, like if you've got no friends, uh, we're your friend. Just don't fucking do anything stupid. Like <laughs> if, if that's what you got to tell yourself. Yeah. No, don't get yourself connected with people. Yeah. And if you're, and if your... you're, and if you're a good dude coming from a good situation, don't be afraid to meet people that are in bad situations because yeah. you might be, you might be, Oh, we've, an influence or a reason that gives somebody that we've that, that nudge. Yeah, you can. We've you been can, that guy. Yeah, you can be contagious goodness. Yes, we've been that guy for people where their life turns to shit, and where their um, their go to would be drugs. Their go to would be alcohol. Their go to would be something destructive, destruction. Like Nickelback. Like, like, like liking Nickelback. <laughs> yes. Uh, friends don't let friends do that. Yeah. So you can be that guy that'd be like, hey, man, I'm here for you. And pray with them, be there with him and pull him, take the drink away from the guy or whatever you got to do. And so, yeah, no, there is that. All right. So. All right, so what's the next next point? What would your, we call that point list? that we did? Because uh, we were talking mostly about. Well, right now we're just riffing. The sophisticated so lie. Okay. As if we're going by, by yeah, points. Yeah, no, I haven't. Um, okay, <laughs> this one I want to talk about. Uh, conditioning. I didn't write the word right. Conditioning a works-based karma uh, worldview. Okay, so making a list, checking it twice, going to find out it's naughty or nice, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you've got a, a good list and a naughty list, and good children get presents, and bad children don't. Yeah. Okay. Because so we are we are training our kids that if you are a good person, 
the more good presents you'll have later. Or, hey, when Christmas comes, then something good will happen to you. Or mm-hmm. then, then you're going to get a big present. Now, uh, as a Christian, we believe that uh, Christ died the death that he did because there is no good that we could have done to offset the bad that we have done. So we don't live a life based on works. Uh, a lot of people call it the works faith argument of how much, which, what is more <coughs> important. And my answer is yes. <laughs> I yeah. think you need to be doing both. Okay, uh, so yes. But it is, it, this one is pushing a works-based view. It's saying you need to do works in order to, or you need to be good in order to get presents. But as Christians, we turn around and say, no, you don't have to do, you don't have to just do works. So mm-hmm. I, I struggle with that. But at the same time, I kind of get it. Yeah. You want your kids when, to be good. Like, I mean, how many times have you been in Walmart or, you know, whatever, oh, whatever thing kids. shopping where you're, where you see, you know, kids being absolute little shits and asking for a present or even your kids, like even yeah. Mac being like, Hey, can I get this today? And then sometimes you're like, you think to yourself, you know what? You've been on a real good tear lately. Yeah. It's like, I feel like, I feel like caving into this and, and, and rewarding you in a way. So yeah, sure. You know what? Today, let's do it. Yeah. But other times you're like, dude, absolutely not. You've been terrible. You've, you've been awful to your mom. You're like, you're, yeah. you're, you're not, not you're, listening. You're not, you're not listening. And like, no, we're not rewarding this behavior with going to the toy aisle and picking something out. Yeah. Like that's not happening. Any good dad does that. Yes. Any but, good mom we, does we that. We know dads out there. And moms, I know moms and dads that every single time they go to the store, well, they got to get their kids something. And I'm like, fuck that noise. I will walk down the toy aisle okay. with my children. That being said, that that cuts against your point because that's parents giving giving gifts without earning. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's unmerited grace, people. Yes. Un- no, that that is creating a sense of entitlement of every time this happens, I get something out of it. Instead of being like, no, we're going to the store. Oh, I'm going to bring you down the toy aisle? Yeah, sometimes I'll do it because I want to see what toys are out there because there's some fucking awesome toys. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the toys that they have now when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm from the 80s, and I lived in Saskatchewan in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. So it's, uh, yeah, I like seeing some of that stuff, but I have shown my kids, yeah, I felt am like I, I feel, buying something? I feel like our shit back then was way cooler than what they have now. No, it's just less safe, which mm-hmm. made it cooler, but at the same time, Nerf oh. guns are so much more sophisticated. So much more sophisticated, but I don't know. They felt more magical. They felt more important then. Like when I got a Nerf gun, I was like, like that was my ride or die toy for like a week and a half straight. Do you remember the Super Soaker? Yes. Yes. Like with the double tank, with the air tank, and then the water I know. tank. And but like it was to the point where it was like you had like the Super Soaker nine, you know, ninety, or the Super Soaker S fifty or something. Like I that, had right? one. But it gets to the point when it came out with the T one hundred. Yeah. It was like, there's a one hundred. You say. Why, hello. I mean, like, now that's just, like, <laughs> everything's wild and crazy. But, like, yeah. back then it was, like, watching, like, this, like, escalate in incremental things, like, to, yeah. like, to 100. Like, it was so cool. And it looked like such a massive water gun. It was epic. I had the shotgun pistol. So mm. you, you could shoot center fire, like, uh, the, the small stream. But then it had the second trigger where you pull it and it just shoots all your, your uh, energy that you had stored up. Yeah. You shoot it all in one blast. It was like a shotgun. It was just... It was it was great. <laughs> you know so, what I really didn't like, though? Uh, Off-brand Super Soakers. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Were those things janky and did not work? It said Super Soaker with a question mark at the end. <laughs> Super, Super Soaker? 
<laughs> it was like you know, aqua blaster. You aqua know, like, blaster. I don't know, random, random water gun. Wet, wet generic, fun fun. You know, wet, wet fun fun. Like generic <laughs> name, but like those things, they always leaked out the side. Oh yeah, they never, were they never worked. They didn't shoot as far. You're, and then you saw the kid next door. You're like. He's got a real super soaker. He's got a real one, the green. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to have a water fight with him. He's gonna. He's gonna murder me out there. <laughs> so I'm just gonna grab a bucket. That'll help. <laughs> oh man, the super soaker. You kids oh. today don't know. The they, thing don't, is, they don't. They don't understand. Was, that was the antithesis of water fighting. That was it. Where now there's just so much stuff out there. It's electric. You seen mm-hmm. those electric ones? They like yep. tell you how many shots you got and all this stuff. You reload by pointing it in the water and just you. Oh, you got a hundred shots. It's not right. <laughs> it's not fair. Uh, I want one. I remember when I was a teenager, we were doing a water fight with you know teens. It was fun, girls, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I had this genius idea of taking my dad's uh, corner pump for drywall mud. Oh, yeah. yeah. That friggin' rule. <laughs> what kind of range you get? Oh, crazy. It was, like, I mean, like, like it across was. across the yard and then some. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say it was any farther than normal guns, but the volume yeah. <laughs> that it pumped out and the force was awesome. Yeah. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's like a. What do you, what, like what a, you call it? What do you go- they can Google shit. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a drywall corner pump. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a three foot. All right, it's you're going to see a tube. little. You're going to see a little corner uh, piece on the end. That comes off, so it's not like you have this little tool at the end of it. It just becomes a, a, yeah. a little round ball. At the yeah, end. and it's it's got a plunger at the end. You suck up three feet of water into this this uh, uh, one inch pipe. No, no, it's more than one inch. I, I can't. Inch I can't. Quarter? I can't fully get my my fingers around it. Okay, this is gonna be almost. That's like got to be a two one uh, inch and three quarter, if not two inch pipe. Then I would say it's two at minimum. Yeah. Okay. Like so it, imagine a two inch, and that's on the the interior it, yeah. ID. And you push on that plunger, and man, it is a fi- it's a fire hose coming out the, the other end. <laughs> That's why you got good at it later in years. You're like, oh, I've been practicing this for years. Been tr- and you just get that that upper body strength just torching people with water. <laughs> Torquing it. Uh, so, like I said, getting back to it. Yeah, okay, getting back to it, my being kids good and bad. down the toy aisle with an understanding <laughs> of self-control. Of, mm-hmm. No, we're not going to buy. But then... There was one time that I remember offhand that they were like, I want a toy. And I'm like, no, no, not today. Or I, I don't know. It was just a not today. This is not the right time. I don't know what it was, but it was a no. And they started losing their shit like one of those annoying kids. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I did? I put that kid on my shoulder and we walked out. I'm yeah, like, Amanda, not we'll happening. see you in the event. I'm like, no, you are not going to be that kid. We, we are. I don't, I don't care if I had a full grocery cart full of stuff. We're walking out. I'm going to drop you off with your mom. I'll come back here by myself. I don't need you. Like, I'm not playing this game. Mm-hmm. And and some parents, they'll play that game. Uh, or yeah. they'll give. And I don't, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you feel you have to give. Oh, that, yeah, give in. I, I, yeah, they'll give in, they'll appease, they, you know. Because it's setting an unhealthy precedent. Yeah, and then you get Cartman. Like, you're creating little, a little Cartman <laughs> a at little that point. A little Cartman. <laughs> Where when you say no, he's like, "Oh, are you gonna buy me dinner first before you fuck me? Before you fuck me? Hey, you got any lipstick? I would love to look pretty before you fuck me." Yeah, you're, so yeah, you're making a little like obviously kids won't know that South Park reference, but you're making a little monster uh-huh. 
who knows that they can get what they want by behaving badly. Yeah. And and parents do that with Christmas too, right? Yeah. Like there's parents that spoil the shit out of their kids at Christmas, like above and beyond just like above and beyond gift giving, right? Yeah. It's like it's like an obligation to make this a be all end all of of extravagance. Oh. And they don't appreciate it. No, because they, they think it's... That's another they thing. Think they, they think it's it. Santa. And it's Santa. It's not my parents that are giving to me. It's Santa. It's cost nothing. He literally makes millions of these things. I've been good, obviously, because Santa brought me this shit. The kid has no appreciation for anything you've done because Santa did it. See, I don't, I don't know that kid. I don't think I've ever met that kid. I don't hang out with other people. Like, I'm sorry, like, but most people <clears throat> like that. Yeah. I don't hang out with. Yeah, fair enough. But I, And I we got out of the public school system I haven't two even years really, ago. I haven't even really heard of kids like that. Most of the kids that I see in that age, in that range, those parents want every fucking bit of credit they get. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're bartering with their children. Yes. But I do, I do see a kid that kind of may hit that radar. Yeah, but that's, a, it's a possibility. Right? But I don't know because I don't spend enough time right. with the kid. I'm like, okay, I so can't really say right now. Exactly. It's, so it is a fear. You can't, you can't be too, um, condescending is not the right word. You can't be too contentious with an idea that's hypothetical. Yes. But at the same time, there are kids out there like that. I know there are. Mm-hmm. Because like we said, there are smart kids out there. Yeah. And if they're smart, if they're dumb enough to believe in Santa, like believe and be vin, like vile and in that, that vindictive. way. But vindictive, I mean, that's those, the word. those kids are going to be that vindictive about everything and everybody though. Yeah. Like, but the parents you can't, don't see you it. can't blame that one on Santa Claus. No, on but the, the Santa parents myth. aren't helping. Exactly. The parents aren't helping and they're the ones that facilitate it. And those are the ones that are listening. Well, possibly listening to this yeah. is but the ones that are... The, at, at that point, though, like, people like that who will, say, use the Santa myth as an excuse to be shitty yeah. as as kids, they're going to do it with everything because in no other area of life are they getting the discipline or the guidance yeah. to to be sane. <laughs> yeah, and so I, and so I, I like, encourage that, you... That's like, one that just can't be blamed on the Santa myth. No. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I do. And, but the same, like I said, the whole, the, the works-based idea, not so much karma, but you know, there's a very a shallow view of karma when it comes like, to. It, it also gives, it, it, if you can, if you're a wise parent, this gives you an opportunity to talk about prudence or about, like, about the way you are in general, yeah. right? Like, and you can, and if you want to use Santa in this, you can even... You can even use that. Like you say, you think of Santa like Father Christmas. Yeah. Um, think of like Father Christmas. Like, all right, so think of Santa like a dad. And if he is looking at you like with a fatherly heart, is he going to be more inclined or less inclined to uh, to give you something really, really nice or to go out of his way for you if you're being, a you know... If you're being like, like you are with us, like, you know, really awful. Cause like, I wouldn't want to, like, I don't want to acquiesce yeah. to your stuff. Like, and, and would Santa either? I don't really like, I mean, you can play with it and use it as, as a tool to help them understand that yes, there's grace involved with gift giving, but there's also, there's also a, a heart issue that, that we all need to deal with. And we need to just be good and graceful in life. We need yeah. to be gracious. We need to be thankful. Yeah. I, I always try to 
ex- I, I, I think it's a biblical way to live of extending the amount of grace to others in which I hope to have for myself. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of people, they don't have that level for themselves. And it's really unfortunate because yeah. they'll, they'll put no grace on themselves and they'll be really hard. I'm like, dude, chill the fuck out. Relax. Yes, you messed up, but you, you see that you messed up. So now you can do something about it. But they, they won't they won't give on that area. And then in other areas, they'll they'll take it so easy on their kids. It's like, hey, you know that he messed up. Mm-hmm. Would you give yourself the same level of grace? So you yeah. need to be easier easier on your kids than you are on yourself to exactly. a certain degree. And, because mean, they don't know anything. They don't know better at some point. Yeah. Because you're raising them and you don't know what you're doing. Parents don't know what they're doing. It's fucking winging it. Good? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, and there's also, like, there's a more subtle way that you as a parent, like, it's more important for you as a parent than as a, than as a kid to understand this. But you need to understand that even if you are giving gifts to your kid, yeah. like, their, their position as regarding to gratitude directly impacts how much they enjoy what they get, right? Like, a grateful child can get something minor and humble, if that's what the situation, you know, means like, you know, yeah. you're, you're in a position to give humble gifts this year. Yeah. But very humble. <laughs> if you have a kid, a kid that is taught to be gracious, they're getting gold. Yeah. But if you have a kid that is taught to be entitled, taught to be, or encouraged or let to anyway, or let to be, yeah. you know, uh, an entitled self-serving I think little enabled, shit. enabled is the best word for that. Yeah. To be a then you can give them the best things in the world and it might as well be coal because they won't enjoy it. Yeah. Like they'll, they may, they might be pleased for a moment, but it's getting chucked into the, into the corner. It's like, oh, that piece of shit I got for Christmas. Like, I thanks do. mom or thanks Santa. Like do, at uh, that do point. Have a theory about coal though. Yeah. But at, at that point they are getting coal. You know, like it's, it's true. Not yeah. you're nice. You are getting either gift or coal and it's depending on your heart position yeah. <laughs> retrospectively of what it's going to be for you. All right. I do have a theory about coal. Okay. What is coal used for? Fire. Fire. So as much as you may not be getting the gift that you think you deserve or that, that good kids get, you're getting fire. You're getting warmth. You're getting something. You're getting something. Whether you recognize it for what it is or not, you're getting what will keep you going. Exactly. Like you're not cast away from the family. You're not cast away from the circle of grace. You're still there getting what you need to survive. You're still part of the family. You're still in the household. You're not being deprived of anything you need as somebody who is on the naughty list. Yeah. You're not being se. ostracized. You're not being cast out and all this stuff. No, you're getting coal. You will be warm. You will be taken care of, but you're not getting, you're not getting an apple or yeah. apples. It's or like Santa, Santa's not dropping score. Like, it's like that Bible passage, right? Like what father, when a child asks for bread an gives apple, him gives a scorpion. Oh yeah. A scorpion. You, know, or like, who give, you ask for bread, ask for, gives a, a, a rock or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not like that where instead, instead of giving a good thing, you're giving a bad thing. Yeah. No, he, he still cares for them in a way. And I think that's. Yeah, and maybe, maybe that's lost a little bit to us. I think like, it is completely the, lost. People, people, they just hear coal and they're like, oh, coal. So I'm getting garbage. Yeah. It's like, no, people don't recognize it for what it was used for. What is it used for? 
coal is used for warmth. It may not be a clean source of energy, not very green, but... But you got to remember, <laughs> like, these Santa yeah. myths, they began in, like, the... Yeah, that, that's the joke. <laughs> a long-ass time ago when coal was the thing. That was... I was like, oh, coal? I get to stay warm for a, a little bit? No, that's not bad. You get a Coleman... <laughs> so what would the modern equivalent be, like, the gas bill? <laughs> <laughs> you have a gas bill. You can still get to pay it. <laughs> Don't worry, we covered the tab for you. Yeah, this is you, just reminding you that you're <laughs> that it's not minus thirty in the house. You're you're getting a propane instead of coal. <laughs> He's like, why am I getting propane? Because it sucks all the flavor out. If you had coal, you'd actually yeah. have flavor on your barbecue. I guess yeah. So in that way, like thinking about it in a more nuanced way, it kind of cuts against the karma outlook. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I. Yeah, I have a hard time. Like I said, this is a struggle that I go through. This is mm. not, I have just, well, I've kind of decided where I stand on it because it's already too late. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's no going back. <laughs> yeah. Like, kids, Santa's real, right? No, no, we're done. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no, there's no not, coming back from that one. And if you're telling your kids that Santa's real and you're getting mad at us, sorry. Like, I have no issue with you telling your, your, Santa, yeah. your kid Santa's real. And if you feel convicted, well, check In yourself. In fact, I, I already said at the beginning of this podcast, I regret not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you feel convicted about lying to your kids, then check yourself. Do you actually, do you, have you weighed the cost? Because I think that's a big part of it. A lot of parents haven't weighed the cost. Mm-hmm. They didn't look at, they didn't think about it. I may have overthought about it, but they didn't think about the consequences I know, of we, we were having it. a little conversation about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. My dad was overhearing, he's like, Dude, you're overthinking this to the max. <laughs> I mean, in a way, he's right. Like, he is right. Like, yes, like a lot of what we're getting upset about is hypotheticals. Yes, yes. We're we're drowning in hypotheticals right now because we can't know unless our kids have parallel parallel universes would be really appreciated right now. If we could have parallel universes where, where you our could, kids... I, oh, if, I, if there's like a, a kickstand family, I could peer in and be like, all right, how did Mac turn out? Believing in Santa. Believing in Santa. <laughs> You're driving a Porsche and he's just a little piece of shit. And it's like, oh, we'd have been rich, but man, I'm a dick. <laughs> Not saying everyone who drives a Porsche is a dick, but you know, kind of am. I'm just trying to think how that would work. So if, <laughs> if I believe in Santa, then I'm going to be rich. <laughs> is that what you're saying? But a, but a dick. <laughs> but a dick. Fair enough. Did you, my wife thinks that's a cuss or like a... a she does not like it when I say dick. Like, I'm like, oh, you're being a dick. It's a nothing word to me. I know. It, I mean, it's crude. But I mean, you, you got to mean like, we're so desensitized, <laughs> you and I. True. Like, I think I am more. She was listening to Jesse Braun one today. And she's like, you swear way more than Devin does. And I'm like, yeah, but Jesse was there. I may. I, there is very possible that I do. But I feel I like you it, may have censored yourself slightly being I, Jesse. If, if, not, I, not if, I did, if I did, it wasn't conscious. Yeah. Like, I mean, today, I'm not sure I've really... I don't think about I mean, it. I haven't really gone out it of my doesn't way. doesn't even... I, yeah, I don't think about it. <laughs> There's some topics where I'm like, it revs me up and, and they, yeah. Oh, yeah, they come no. out more freely. Yeah. Yeah, there are, there are, for me, it's like, I don't know, or this too much oil field life. <laughs> right, it's oil field life. It's construction life. It's, yeah. Like, that's just the background noise that we grow up in and I'm like... I mean, yeah, it's crude, but like, it's like, am I, am I saying anything hateful? Am I being, am I, am I disregarding here humanity? Am I, no, I'm just saying fuck that noise or, Hey, maybe you got to fucking deal with this thing. And like, mm-hmm. it's not, but I'm not saying anything. It's just a word I throw in between. Maybe it's lazy. I'll, I'll say lazy. 
Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I'm, I am lazy to a certain degree, but I think everyone has their own areas that they're lazy. There's a lot of people that yeah. talk, start, talk about starting a podcast that never do. Heck, I was that guy for a long time. Hey, we should do this. Hey, we should do this. Hey, we should ride motorcycles. Imagine if I was still that guy, I think. We should learn to ride. Yeah, 10 years later. 10 years later. <laughs> you're like, all right, get over it, dude. Yeah, you're not going to. Best off the pot. Yeah. I've told guys that. All right, so... All right, what's your gone. next point? We're, we're done with karma. Okay, do you want to go... Uh, this is a throw-up, a uh, toss-up <laughs> between uh, easy and hard. I find the spiritual one a little lazier, but the, again, karma one, or the economic, I'll call it. Okay. All right, just... I mean, I don't... I read your list, but right. I forget what's on there. So Number one, it, I was. I think this is harder, but at the same time, I think we can answer it pretty quick. If Santa's not real, is God? So let's say you lied to your kid mm-hmm. for many years, way too long, but you go to church every single Sunday, and then he finds out you've been lying about Santa, like adamantly, like just being that parent, pushing it every single year, believe in Santa all throughout mm-hmm. the year, whatever. And then he finds out, oh, Santa's not real. What else are you lying to me about? Are you lying? Okay, I can't prove God's real. Mm-hmm. Are you lying to me about God? And that was that is by far one of the biggest influences, <clears throat> the destruction of trust between the parent and the, and the child of what do, have you ever said that is true? If this thing is so important, because you've been pushing both the importance of God and Santa simultaneously, and I've been working my ass off for Santa and also because God, but if Santa's not real, is God real? And it's like, how do I trust you? And I think this is. Okay. I mean, that's fair enough. Um, but I don't think the one question negates the other. Like, regardless of whether or not you go through the Santa dilemma or the Santa thing, eventually that question of, are you lying to me about God is going to come one way or another. Yep. And. But your foundation has changed. If you've never lied about, if you've never lied about Santa, your foundation is always truth. Okay. You know that, okay, let's say that works. Let's say that works up to, up to high school where you've got that foundation because you never did the Santa thing. Mm-hmm. What happens after they do a couple courses in geology? Or a couple courses in biology. Yep. And they're like, okay, wait a second. What about this whole Genesis crap? Yeah. I mean, like you're just kicking, you're kicking that question down the line further and further and further. Yeah. So eventually it has to be less about what you say is true and more about how you talk about truth. At some point, like if, if you are treating every mystery in life as material, you know, as, as material fact that couldn't be proven or disproven based on facts, yeah, then damn well, you're setting yourself up for some hard conversations. Yes. Um, but like, let's say you can, you can almost use the Santa thing as a tool <laughs> to even give yourself a foundation Moving forward. Yeah. You could talk about how you could talk about, say the spirit of Christmas, or you could talk about the act of giving charity or about mythos, about the stuff that Jordan Peterson talks about. Truer than true. 
you know, in the stories of Pinocchio and stuff like that. Yes. You can talk about participating in, in culture, participating in the calendar of celebrations and how this is just a piece of our tradition that we're, that we're experiencing and doing together. Even if it's not, even if there's not a literal person in flesh and blood living in the North Pole. Yeah. That pops around on Christmas Eve. Like that doesn't, you know, I'm not lying to you about that. Like we're participating in something and yes. we're, we're engaging in, we're engaging in mythos and in story together. Like, you know, that's the way that, that I would engage with that. Because, but, but otherwise, but again, even, that, even but if you. a sophisticated argument to a child, a child and all that, you may say a very sophisticated mm-hmm. argument to them, but at the end of the day, you're like, but you lied. You've always taught me. Let's, um, this is me as a child. Mm-hmm. Imagine if I were uh, consistent at all. Uh, this is me as a child saying, you've always told me lying is wrong. Never lie. Don't okay. lie. Because there are parents that push that harder than anything sure. else. Well, sure. Okay. Okay. Well, well, let's 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 just go along with. Okay, you started off from the beginning, being like, "All right, you can empirically prove that there's no Santa, so we're not going to pretend like there's Santa." You know, there's nobody there. Um, I'm the one giving you gifts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like we can prove this. This is science. It's fact. You can yeah. see it with your eyes. Yeah. Boom. Uh, what if that kid comes out of Sunday school where they're talking about Genesis or they're talking about, you know, like uh, Jonah and the whale or things like that. And then some kid in school, even in just young grade school, yeah. it's like, no, <laughs> like, yeah. like that's, ri- that's ridiculous. It's like, let's go talk to teacher. They can show us all about how they can, you, like, even in yep. denying Santa's real, you're also setting up a premise where you can f- unfalsify or you, where you can falsify systematically, empirically, Yep. points of faith. So, yep. I mean, you're just kicking that question down the line. Even if it's only a couple months, you're yes. kicking that question down the line and your foundation will shake. You yes. will be questioned. If so, you're a man of belief, if you're a family of belief, so what you're saying, that's coming. So what you're saying is, give me a chance here, you are conditioning an opportunity for your children to, def- to, to face challenges in their faith and indefinitely fail. Okay, if your your faith is in Santa, essentially, first, at first, mm-hmm. your faith is in Santa, and that gets shaken, are you conditioning them to lose, or are you conditioning them to face challenges? Because that depends on how you deal with it. Yeah. Right? It, it, that's, that's always because depending that's the thing, on it, how you, as a parent, are going to see those situa- situations arise and try and deal with it with wisdom and grace. Do you feel like all parents are capable no. of facing that sophisticated... No, and that's why people are leaving churches and faith in droves. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. But what I'm saying is, like, being like, this is a problem because because people teach their kid about Santa. No, that's no, bullshit. No. This is a problem because this is a problem with you not being able to defend your beliefs. Yeah. Yeah, because there's plenty of atheists out like, there that tell their kids about Santa. And yeah. <laughs> the, the percentage of kids that walk away from faith... Because their parents did Santa with them when they were a kid. They're looking for an excuse. Infinitesimally small. Yeah, because like, they're looking. It's not the issue. If 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 they are leaving because of that or use that as one of their one of their things, you're looking for an excuse. You yeah. you you stopped a long time ago, and you're just looking for an out. Yeah, so, precisely. Yeah, and like I said, that was going to be a little bit easier than yeah my last one because. Um, 
Yeah, I just, it's one of those things of your kid's going to face challenges. He's going to face these conversations sooner or later. Yes, he's not going to be able to defend them because, one, it's a teacher. It is somebody who has spent their lifetime arguing these things, learning, learning, being conditioned a certain way. Do you know, what's that genetic modifying tool? Crackle? Cracker? CRISPR. Uh, CRISPR. 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 The guy who invented it? Mm-hmm. He's a Christian. Yeah, Okay. Interesting. So, who am I? I'm not very smart. (laughs) But the guy who is capable of manipulating genetic code believes in a god bigger than me. I know there's a lot of scientists who believe a lot of things, but this Mm -hmm. is the guy who really revolutionized genetic understanding. Yeah. But, like... And so, if if, if a guy like that can turn around and believe, I'm like, you know what? I may not know everything, but... But I think I can hold out and be like, hey, maybe defer to some of his lectures. Maybe mm-hmm. listen, listen to people that are smarter than yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're willing to play in that arena, there's actually people and tools that you can use to provide nuanced, <laughs> nuanced education and, and grapple with these things and wisdom. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. No, don't don't let your parents or let even your... Uh, your understanding of Santa allow you to fall away and be like, well, Santa's not real, God's not real. No, you're going to face this conversation one day. Like I said, this yeah. is an easier one. But I mean, two. but you can kick that question up to a bigger to a bigger position and just have that conversation as adults and be like, okay, f- tell me how it's different than Santa. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. not not for kids, not for not yeah, for children for or adults. young, for adults. Tell be me like, okay. how Santa is different than God. Yeah. Or how God is different from Santa in this case. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, like do that one. Yeah. You know, do that one while playing by the same rules that you discount Santa. Yeah. And, like, that's a hard game to play. It is. All right. So the last one is uh, psychological for the kids. Uh, psychological and economical. Okay. I was good all year. And I know that kid over there is a bully. And he's a little piece of shit. I'm adding to my thing. <laughs> he got a fucking iPad. And I didn't get an iPad. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. So this is the economic argument for it. There's a lot of kids out there. They'll go to school. They brag about all the shit they got for Christmas. They know that there's a... Uh, a they believe in a Santa that is completely independent of economics. He can get you whatever the fuck you want. You know you've been good. But you know this little piece of shit over here is literally assaulting other children... You've seen it. You've seen it with your own eyes. Mm-hmm. And his parents are buying into the lie. So why why is he getting that and I'm not? And I'm, I'm saying this is a psychological problem because children are being conditioned to believe that it doesn't okay. matter. If, if I was going to be one to, that was trying to preserve my kid's innocence in this matter, I would be like, well, that kid was on the naughty list. And his parents, his parents gave him that one. You just like, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a way you could do it. Be yeah, like, that, that'd be like, a way. You know, of all the kids that I know that would be on the naughty list, yeah, that guy's on it. But uh, his I think parents, his, I think his, his parents his, knew that too, and they, they substituted it. And they like, got hey, him man. something to you know, so that he that his feelings won't be hurt. But they're doing him no favors by doing so. Okay. Yeah. You know, like they're not helping him become better. They're being okay. bad parents. Oh yeah. But how do you how do you justify? Okay, let's say there are kids out there that are good, not quite as good as your kid, but again, 
they come from money. Mm-hmm. Mommy and daddy can buy them whatever the fuck they want. And they get the big stuff. And it's like, I know I'm friends with this kid. I was just as good as he was. I know I was because I was, he's my best friend. I know him better than anybody. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's defer to, uh, let's defer to Jesus where he says that, uh, rain falls on the just and the unjust. Yeah. That or, uh, oh, what was the one, you know, to one who has much, much will be given. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Matthew fucking guy. (laughs) Like, I mean, that, that's an interesting question for now in a very egalitarian society. Like, I mean, I'm sure in other societies you'd be like, well, you know, of course, like, let's say a prince would get a, a present fit for a prince. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just seeing things kind of falling in their hierarchies. Yeah. Like, but I, that, I suppose. That, that kinda, but that would make, I, I'm worried that would make a kid feel economically ch- uh, stunted. Like, hey, then I'm, this is just what but at my some route point, is. At some point you could be I like. Can never, why, why bother? Yeah. But at one point you could be like, okay, I mean, let, let's get like something super expensive for a kid who's got no idea what to do with it. I mean, you're yeah. doing the kid no favor. No. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to just get in the headspace of somebody that's trying to play the game and answer your questions here. Yeah, I, I know that isn't. I mean, being somebody that never, you know, did Santa with my kid, that's not the way I have done it. Yeah, or the way I would do it, even if yeah. I was looking for a redeemed view of this. Yeah, I, after writing out these questions, even with your answers, yeah. I stand by my decision. Oh, that's fine. No, and I'm just, I'm just like, I, I, no, I'm, I'm telling you not because it means anything. It's, it's just like the, I'm telling you because I'm telling myself of, no, I think I, I may regret part of it. I do regret the magic they may have missed out on, but the truth, honestly, I don't feel like they'll be robbed because I know that they know where we're coming from. And so when I make Christmas, when I <laughs> get to make Christmas happen or my family or my friends around me get to help me make Christmas happen, my kids know that it's like, no, this is not easy. I'm not putting myself into unbelievable debt, which a lot of parents do. Oh yeah. There's some parents that go so far into debt because they need to make Christmas every, their kid makes a list and they fulfill it. And I'm like, no, my kids know where that money that's coming from. They seen how many hours I work. They they know the time they lost lost with me, and they know where it's going. I stand by my decision of saying, do you know what? For my kids, he's he's not real. The, he's not making a sacrifice. I am. I would rather them see the sacrifice for what it is, than disregard uh, and say, oh no, it's you don't, Dad, don't worry about it. Santa's taking care. Do you know how much stress that would put on me? If my kids told me, don't worry about it, Santa's got this, mm-hmm. their expectation is so high because they believe magic is just going to happen. No, magic doesn't just happen. <laughs> we need to work for it. As dads, as parents, we make the magic happen. And I, I, I'm like, no, they need to see where the magic comes from. I'm going to make this holiday as fun as I possibly can. And if it's not that fun, fucking lower your standards, kid. Stop watching that goddamn TV and stop expecting snow to fall on Christmas Day and and be like, oh, this is going to be amazing. Sorry. No. And I stand by my decision with all this. Yeah. I'll say, like, the the modern conception of the perfect Christmas is bullshit. It's a lie. It's a fugazi. Yeah. Like, that's... It's something that does not bring joy. 
you know, my dad was talking to me about Christmases that he had when he was a kid, and there were they, they were poor. Oh yeah, <laughs> they were they weren't regular poor. They were like dirt farm to poor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he was he was telling me about the one thing they would get. <laughs> you know, like you know, each each of the kids got a. Yeah, I'll take that here. <sighs> each of the kids they they got like a bowl, you know, on Christmas Eve, and those bowls varied in size based on how old they were. So oldest kid got the biggest bowl, youngest kid got the smallest. Okay. I mean, this is like a family of like lots of kids. Yeah, they're, they're like <laughs> small town Mennonites. They, yeah, they, not, not a family of five or six. They had all the kids. Like kids of like 10. Yeah. So, you know, like pulling off Christmas for, for my grandparents was, was a sacrifice, even as humble as it was. But like they got a bowl and like, and in that bowl, they got one toy and it was usually a Tonka truck and they would get like a, you know, a bunch of packing peanuts, like peanuts to crack and eat. Oh, sorry. Uh, You said packing peanuts? Not not packing peanuts, just just (laughs) peanuts. That's how poor they were. (laughs) They got styrofoam, no nutritional value at all. No, just not raw, but like roasted peanuts in the shells, a couple oranges, and, you know, a couple treats because treats didn't come along often. No. Candy was, that was a, that was a huge thing for them to get. Yeah. But he's like, they all knew that this wasn't much. Yeah. But at the same time, he's like, he, I, I could see like the wistfulness in his eyes, like looking back on this, I was like, just magical, yeah. <laughs> you know, time for him. And you know, talking about the, the traditions that they carried out that day, like the things that they did every Christmas day in, like, you know, every single year they had a tradition, they had a thing they went through. It was like the, the, they would go to church after doing presents. They would go Christmas caroling, go for FOSPA and, and, uh, and a dinner at a relative's place and, you know, come home and it was over. And it's like some various things in there, but like, yeah. They all knew what was happening every single time. It wasn't much, but at the same time, it was magical. It was a little break from life, a little break from chores, a little break from the humdrum, you know, of things in a, in a time where the whole family went and did cool stuff or went and, and sang songs or had snow fights and went on a sleigh ride that some guy in the community, like, hooked up a horse and, you know, in a sleigh with, yeah. with hay bales, right? Like, yeah, that was Christmas. And... You know, like the commercialism of Christmas has robbed it of its real magic. Yeah. Right. Like, like the Santa myth did not originate in the society we have right now. And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure it's relevant in today's society, but like. We're far too privileged. We have way too much where, where it was. Yeah. Its origin is so far removed from from where we are right now. From where we are that is, it's like, no, you Imagine an orange, an orange being a treat. Yeah. An orange being a treat. <laughs> like, like the idea of that. I'm like, I had orange literally rotting, not rotting, but drying out in, in my bowl right now upstairs. Yeah. Nobody Multiple. touches, the, nobody touches no, the shit. No, it's like, a, it's an orange. Like you got a pack of Oreos kicking around here. I, I could have one or a dozen of those, <laughs> right? Like it's, we're so far removed. Yeah. Like we've, we've glutted ourselves to the point where Christmas, Christmas isn't magical anymore. No. And, it, and we, I mean, that's not true. It is still, it is still magical. Like there is still an element to it that is special. Yeah. But 
I'd say we're fooling ourselves if we said it was the same as what it was for our forefathers. No, yeah. But to a certain degree, they had it better than their forefathers. Because mm-hmm. I know my, my father, when he moved to, or when he was born into uh, northern Alberta, before that, his mother came as a child to the un cultivated land of yeah. Alberta yeah, to like when, make farms. Yeah, when they when they came fields. from other parts of, of the world to Canada, it was a step down living for opportunity of growth. Yeah. Or maybe things burned out where they were. But I mean like I mean you can't well, they, say they you can't nothing. say that everybody had it better than the the parents before them because at some point there was boon times, you yeah. know, where it went down from. Yeah. But, no running water, but boom times. <laughs> but I mean but even that would, it's still different than the ridiculous amount of cheap shit that we surround ourselves with all the time and oh, yeah. say is good. It's, it's all it's all superficial. It's yeah. so it's it's cheap. It's nothing for us. Back then, they would have literally killed for some of these things, and mm-hmm. now we literally like dollar we thro- store. Yeah, we we throw it at you know at kids and at us, at ourselves all the time, yeah. all year long. Like what's special about what's special about Christmas? When you're getting something that you may have gotten June, you yeah. know, like just cause. Yeah. Now I have to do one with Amanda <clears> after this. Amanda's like, hey, if you guys don't go too late, we got to do, we could do one. And I'm like, yeah. yeah maybe. I got an idea. Mostly the, uh, it's a, another Christmas related one. The um, gift giving side of things. Gotcha. Just cause, oh, Yeah. It's something I struggle with in some areas. Yeah. <laughs> so where did Santa come from? Like, what's the whole deal with Santa even? Oh, now I know a lot of podcasts and a lot of history books have done a little bit of um, his myth- mythos. The mythos of the, Santa. The, the history of Santa. Of, of Sinter, Saint Nick. Of Saint of Nicholas. Uh, all right. So this is my firm understanding of it. Okay. He was a priest-ish. Mm-hmm. He was part of the Council of Nicaea until he got kicked out for punching another priest, which is awesome. <laughs> That's the way I've, I want to see Santa as somebody who knocks somebody the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> he did. I'd buy that Santa. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that he uh, allegedly did, again, allegedly, because I can't confirm or deny because history books, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did perform some miracles, but at some point there was a, um, a man who fell into some hard times and nearly had to prostitute his own daughters to get by. And yeah. he... Yeah, so I I read this story. So the way I understood it told was there was a man in, in the village nearby where he was a bishop of, which is uh, a town on the sea called Mira yeah. in, in Greece. And so there was a man who had three daughters and... He was destitute, so he had no dowry for them. Yeah. Because you needed a dowry in order to get your wives or your, or your daughters, daughters married. married. Off. Like three goats and he only had one. Yeah. Like. And and if you couldn't if you couldn't marry them off, then they were either destined for a life of poverty or a life of slavery. And if you're a woman, a young woman <laughs> in a life of slavery, you know what kind of slavery it is. Yeah. Best kind. I mean <clears throat> the worst kind. <laughs> Yeah, so I, the way I heard it wasn't that he was about to prostitute his daughters out, but that was basically, like, that was the life that they were probably headed towards. Yeah, they were destined to a life of... Yeah, and then one day, you know, one day, th- 
three bags of gold showed up, you know, uh, St. Nicholas apparently tossed them through a window well, and they landed in their shoes or in their stockings. Yeah, that was one of the stories that was told. Yeah. But I heard another one that said, well, they didn't actually, like, they built that mythos or that, that story afterwards where the father knew where it came from and he told them, do not tell anybody. Yeah, and he don't went and tell. told everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or they waited till he died and then told everybody of, hey, he did this thing. Yeah. So with, there's, with, there's I mean, conflicting with a, stories. With, with a lot of these stories of, of people from that time frame, it's very rare to find something that's completely historically, like, accurate. Even the big characters of history, like... Oh, yeah. Like, you know, the Caesars or Augustine or uh, what's-his-face that... Uh, oh, Alexander's was yeah, big Yeah, Alexander. One. Like, you know, like, uh, there's so much that we don't necessarily know. And like yeah. a lot of legends build up out of little stories or of miss, you know, little things or even just outright fabrications Ooh. that yeah. play into the mythos. Are you going to tell the one about the uh, kids? Oh yeah. That's so, a fucking crazy one. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other story about St. Nicholas, uh, and this one was, was it first popped up way after the guy oh, died. Yeah. Like this, this is a very late. Cannot be proven, cannot be. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's a very late myth. But it's entertaining. Since, yes. It's a good one. So there, and, and this is a story that's mainly told in France. Like this is a yep. huge French one. So one of the French myths about St. Nick was there was three, three children that got lost playing and were found by a butcher who took the children in, lured them into, into his home and then proceeded to butcher them and put them into pickling barrels, uh, with, yep. the, I guess, I don't know if it was the intent to kill or the intent to cannibalize, but. Mo- cannibalize, I believe it was my, for, firm understanding mm-hmm. of, of kind of the time and the recession that they were going through. Yeah. And so the story either goes that St. Nicholas had a vision about this and then went to go confront, like went to go, went to go there after receiving a vision or he, years after. Yeah. Or he happened upon it, like in his travels, it's, it's not clear which one is canonical. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he goes into this place and he starts praying for these children that he knows are there, that their bodies are there and that in they the pickle are barrel. in the pickle barrel and they're resurrected whole, not chopped up. They're resurrected whole. And would go, get to go back to the parents. Yeah. I heard and one that it was like three years after the fact. Wow. It was like, oh, years later after the, the, the hotel, it was a hotel that they stumbled upon while walking through the forest. Yeah. And the, 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 the smell of sweet meat actually brought them in and they were invited in by the innkeeper. And then the innkeeper and his wife actually locked the door behind them. It's like, oh yeah, come on in. It's You're super <laughs> safe here. Super safe. <laughs> you look they, like you're going to be the next ones for our jar. And then killed them and took their money. I think they came from a family of wealth, the boys. Anyways, and the Santa or St. Nick uh, was very cordial with the, the innkeepers and were very nice and polite. And he's like, oh, uh, would you like this? Would you like this? And St. Nick kept refusing all their food. He's like, but do you know what I would like? Is the boys that are in the bar- the pickle jar. <laughs> Mm. And then came the prayer and the resurrection of the children as if it were yesterday. Like they do not remember anything up until the day of their death. Frick, that's a cool myth. That isn't it? It's crazy. And the fact that it stood the test of time in so many ways. It has. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, we don't know these things just 
offhand. I mean, like you can go find them. Like they've they've survived, and you can find them if you look for them. Yeah, they're not really a part of the modern Miss Santa. Yeah, thing. But I kind of wish they were. I kind of right. wish that this like holy badass version of Santa <laughs> was uh, was the guy that that we look to. I do have a theory. Of, 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 uh, okay, so St. Nick was known, and I quote air quotes that you can't see, uh, for giving gifts, yeah. of going door to door and giving gifts around <clears throat> yeah, the time one, of, one of, the, uh, of, of December. I think of one, one of the things that was said about St. Nicholas in, in one of the, the biographies of him that I did read was that his parents died when he was really young of, of a plague, but they were really well off and left a huge inheritance for him. Yeah. And so one of the things he did was like, he's as a priest and bishop, he had no use for his wealth. And so he basically gave it all away as, as needs arose, right? Like he just, it's, it's said that he was just had a super, super generous heart. Yeah. And there's also a, there's also a, a legend that built around him as like, not just a giver of gifts, but a protector of children. Yeah. So he built this thing around him. Now, after he died, because old people still die, don't don't care if you're a saint, you you die. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have this theory. Um, after he died, the children in his area that were accustomed to receiving gifts around that time were bugging their mother and mummy, mummy, father, go- father, mummy, are we going to get gifts? And it's like, no, no, we're d- he died. And then like <laughs> next day, it's like, mummy, but but. Mr. Nicholas, Nicholas is going to bring us gifts, right? I know he died, but he's still going to... And then the mother was just fucking sick and tired of him. He's like, yeah, that's right. He's going to bring you a gift. I know he's dead, but he's going to come in on a flying reindeer. And he's going to bring you a gift, even though he's dead. And the kid was like, oh, okay. Deal. <laughs> just let that let that <laughs> shit fly for years. Oh, I wish it was that entertaining. Right. Like really what it is was like, if you were a saint in yeah. those times and, and you, you were never sainted until after you died, but <clears throat> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when, when you're determined to be a saint, they, uh, and like American Christianity is very much Puritan Christianity. It's very much based on the type of thing that came over on the Mayflower. Yeah. Like those godliness is next to cleanliness kind of attitude yeah, that me, my Bible, <laughs> four walls and a sermon, right? Like they, yeah. they eschewed all the things from old world Europe. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's hard. To, it's hard. It's too complicated. I don't like it. <laughs> but at the same time, like a lot of things in life don't make sense anymore because we don't remember that was a part of life. Yeah. But the, a calendar of feast and fasting was a huge part of being a Christian. Yeah. Up until up until Puritans basically. Well, yeah. yeah. Not even just Protestants because not a lot even no because because you look even Lutherans, uh, Anglicans and you know like a lot of Presbyterians we, a lot of those still have that that uh, liturgical calendar. Yeah. But anyway, so a feast day was made for St. Nicholas yep. which turns to, to be about December 6th. Or yeah. December nineteenth, depending if you use old or new calendar. Yeah. But on feast days, like, yeah, like, for for a saint that was known for being generous on a feast day, they would do something to commemorate him, like give gifts, right? Yeah. Like, oh, this is the day we're gonna do stuff like what Saint Nick did or Saint Nicholas did 
like it would be kind of it would be a tradition that would have grown up in the area where he existed and slowly spread from there. And then you never know what's going to catch, right? It's it's like an inter- a rule on the internet. You don't know what's going to go viral until it goes viral. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Heck, like, this might. There could be hundreds not. of various saints with different mythoses and legends and stuff like that that yeah. just didn't quite catch and go viral, even if maybe they were more or less or whatever interesting as what St. Nicholas does. I think he's a fairly interesting one. Oh, yeah. I think he could be, like, <clears throat> far more interesting. Yeah. But it really went viral in the Germanic countries. Yeah. Like Denmark, Holland, Poland, Germany, Well, look what Germany did with it, with Krumpus and everything else yeah. that they were like. But, like, the, San- like the, the, modern, the modern canonical version of Santa, it really comes from the Dutch, from Holland. Yeah. But they they kind of ran with it. They they yeah. got the tree. They got the the Yule log. I the, don't know if the tree is necessarily yes. that. But I I'm thinking well, like I, the, it's around the same like period. The, it's a Yule the, log. The look of what Santa is like the the fat man with the red fur coat. Like yeah, it's basically he's a Dutch sailor. Yeah, like that's what a Dutch sailor in wintertime would have looked like. Is something like what Santa does, and like the the the. The elves with their pointy shoes, stuff like that. It's yeah. all Dutch. That's very Dutch. It's very. It's all very Dutch. <laughs> and that just, especially with the the poem that came out the night before Christmas, which oh, was yeah. originally titled "A Visit from Saint Nicholas." Yeah. That's where it was cemented, and it became like this is the Santa, and that's what came over the ocean, and we've all and but of course like. Okay, Christmas and Easter are basically the only two liturgical holidays that we remember in the West anymore. Yes, like they're they're but they the, they are adopted by date. Like they like everyone assumes. Oh, Jesus is born on just no, not everybody. Sorry, a lot of people assume Jesus is born on December twenty fifth. Fucking no. <laughs> no, it, it actually it has nothing to do with that. The, the choice of doing that has nothing to do with it, and it wasn't. Yeah. And some people think, like, oh, it's because they're trying to adopt the winter solstice and make a pagan holiday. It actually has nothing to fucking do with that either. <laughs> no. Like, it's Maybe there's it's just neither. too many fucking holidays, and we just need to condense them all into one section of year. But, so that we're not constantly on holiday every fucking month. It's like, oh, yeah, Phil would work, but he's got his pagan holiday over here. But we got this Christian one over here, and then there's the fucking Jews over there. Yeah, Why so it's all, it's all been boiled machines? down in this giant melting pot to just kind of like, okay, we're doing this on this one day. Yeah. Like, like, we don't even really do Advent anymore. No. Like, right? Like, you hear in church, like, oh, it's the first day of Advent. I mean, like, okay, if you were Catholic, that might mean something to you. But for the rest of us, it's like, yeah. okay, interesting note, going on with work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Like, sorry, I got to go hang this drywall now. Yeah. You tell me all about if it. You're, if I'm you're done. not participating in some kind of liturgical calendar, it really means nothing to you. Yeah. So why why do a feast for St. Nicholas oh, on December so pr- 6th? It's so pretty. Yeah, right? Like after you've done Thanksgiving, te- a couple days, you know, a week before I that. i tell you why I would do a, uh, a feast for St. Nicholas. I love food. <laughs> don't Boom. even care about St. Nick. I'm like, wait, feast? So we're going to have food, right? That's it. That's done. So we're doing food. Since we're doing food. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't care what the reason would, is. I wonder what it would be like to live by a liturgical calendar for that. Like just, having, having just sec- try it out for a year. Yeah. Try it out for a year. Have sections of life where you're like, okay, we're actually going to, we're going to tone back on excess for a bit and we're going to eat very humbly for a couple weeks here and think about penance and think about, yeah, think about sacrifice and Christ and stuff like that. And we're going to just tone, th- tone things back. And when do this you think is God over, would really bless it and be like, Hey man, you do this. Trust me. You will be great. Like you, you when those feasts happen, they're going to fucking happen. I don't know. I don't know. Like the 
the part of me that's grown up in Pentecostal circles, like, you know, as, a, as an adult, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. thinks, I think he might. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. uh, the pessimistic part of me goes, yeah, I don't know if he would do that. If it must just be like the purpose of being disciplined in life and that yeah. would have benefit. <laughs> oh, your your reward for being disciplined is you get to fucking live another year. Congratulations. Like, it's not actually a reward. It's just like, oh, it's kind of what comes down. But at the same I could have not like, done anything and I would have done just fine. <laughs> But, like, discipline does have rewards, though. Yeah. Well, look at... The, okay. Right before uh, COVID shit. Mm-hmm. And we haven't talked about that, this whole thing. Right before COVID, I had happened to do a fast. A long fast in which I stood the test of time in a fast that I've never done in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Now, did that condition me to be disciplined? Did it say God can use me in spite of me never being capable or even hyper-spiritual in any way. Like, I'm not a hyper-spiritual person, and most people would account any kind of discipline to, I don't know, spiritual attitude of mm-hmm. being able to do that. Now, th- that conditioned me in one way or another. Now, one part of me, the spiritual mystic side of me says, no, that prepared me for a time like COVID. <laughs> Like, it really put me into a place where, no, if I can endure that, COVID's nothing. Mm-hmm. I can be criticized. I can be ridiculed. I can be scorned. I'm fine. Or is it just, no, that's just what happened. I, I did know. this thing and something else happened. I don't know. There was I, a I level, would, there's a level of discipline to it. Yeah, I would, I would lean towards your first one. Like, if you're going to do something that's really hard. I mean, even Joe Rogan says it all the time, right? Yeah. He's like, he's like, no, you need to like do adversity. You need to do shit that's oh, hard. Yeah. It's going to prepare you for hard times. When, so when hard times come, you're like, no, I put myself through worse than this. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> right? Like, I've been there. <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, yeah, you could look at it and be like, yeah, for sure. He was preparing you for, like, he was preparing or you were preparing but I wasn't, for But for I wasn't COVID. preparing me for shit. But yeah, you don't know what's coming, but when it comes, you're like vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you saw it coming, yeah. but you're like, I had an inkling. I had an inkling that I needed to test myself. I I did feel called. Right? Like, I did. And I had every excuse not to, too. Who, who? Imagine I said nothing. I felt an inkling to do something. Yeah, you tried. No yeah, benefit. If you had said nothing, tried, failed, you'd be like, okay, I don't have to tell anybody about this. But I mean, yeah, you said, like, I'm doing 40 days and you stuck to it. I didn't do 40. Just, just putting it out there. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was. No. It's a different number. Okay. No, it doesn't, I, I, ma- I, doesn't matter what number it is. But it was a long enough time to make it suck. Yeah. Really suck. It was suck. really shitty. And if I didn't, like, it was horrible. But if I didn't do it, does it no no skin off my back, no skin off anybody else's. Yeah. Like, I mean, no. yeah, nothing would have gone wrong if you no. failed that fast. But I think, like, doing it, like, it, it is one of those things where it's like, it's it's unfalsifiable in the fact that it was beneficial to you. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, I guess you could try and falsify it, but I'm just looking at it and being but like, no, the, no, even if it's even if there's nothing spiritual about it, there's something character building about what you did. Yeah, and the, and at the same time, you like if there's something character building about what you did, there's something. There's something also spiritual about it because it I don't really think is. you can separate the two that much. No, I really did learn something. Uh, the biggest thing I learned from that fast was you don't need to be fucking anybody special. You don't. If you feel called to do something, don't play the who am I bullshit. No, you Go can do, do it. it. Yeah. You can do it. Like maybe you got some medical shit, maybe you're mentally disillusioned into believing that kind of stuff. No one 
not a lot of people believe that they are conditioned to like, hey, I should go fast. Who does that? Just puts themselves into an absolute hardship for that long. I'm like, no, whoever you are out there, I don't recommend past 40 days. Just put it out there. Jesus never did past 40. You shouldn't either. (laughs) So, but don't use your job as an excuse. Oh, I have a labor intensive job. I was fucking doing labor. I looked, do you know how I, how I convinced myself to do the fast that I did? I looked into uh, Hitler and what he did to the Jews and manual mm-hmm. labor with fasting. How long did they go? They went over 40 days with manual labor and fasting. Not by choice. Yeah, no, by it's enforced, enforced <laughs> fasting. fasting. And they lasted long enough. And I'm like, do you know what? I'll be fine. And I fucking mm-hmm. got to work and I did it. I did, yes, I wasn't the same work. <laughs> the worst was uh, a little while into it. I went grappling with a guy way bigger than me. <laughs> I remember that Shouldn't day. Shouldn't have done that. I remember so that day. so bad. He didn't. Ooh. Whoa, what was that? That was my glass hitting the mic. That was weird. Oh, man. He's hand talking people. Uh, no, I, I went against a guy way bigger than me. He didn't beat me, though. He didn't beat me. <sighs> he almost beat me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but where did we start in on that? Oh, we were talking about. Uh, oh, we were, we were talking about like just things condensing, like, yeah. you know, living in a liturgical calendar, what that would be like. Yeah. But yeah, like, so. Yeah, oh yeah, the, believing that it means something more than it does. Yeah. So how did how did how did this guy in how did this guy in Greece back in the time of the Council of Nicaea, which is like the year three twenty five A.D. Yeah. How did he get tied into this time of year and Jesus' birth and you know all the stuff? Like, really, his story has nothing to do with Jesus' birth. Like, it's his feast day as a dead saint is it falls within the Advent season. Yep. And in time and as things got melded together in just to a modern because holiday like that we, we can all work. just constantly be on holiday. Yeah. So the traditions, like the various mutated traditions of St. Nicholas have been adopted into the Christmas thing because they fall, it falls in the same time of year. Yeah. Like, like that, that, that's why, that's what Santa has to do with Christmas. I'm listening. And one's not like, it's not a bad thing to celebrate this at the same time. Yeah. Like, I know some Christians are like, it's like, Santa didn't die on a fucking cross for you. I mean, they won't say fuck because they're far too polite Christians they're far to say too that. Polite. But they're not correct, I, I've heard Christians polite. be like, Santa didn't, didn't die on a cross for you. Like, I also what? hear them say three wise men came from the East and I'm like, wrong. They're like, what? I'm like, wrong. They brought three gifts from the East. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh never said three wise men. It said wise men came from the East bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We just assume yeah. each guy brought like... There may be two. There may be a whole cadre of them. Yeah. We don't really know. We weren't given names. Actually, oh, I'm trying to think if there was names. I can't think of any. But, you know, either way. Either way. They probably would have brought they, a couple servants with them. They probably even, boys. Yeah, they even likely showed up two years late. Yep. Like... Shepherds you know. didn't show their night of. Drummer boy, fucking not a thing. Drummer boy's not real. Stop talking about that shit. <laughs> and the last thing a mother wants to hear after giving birth to a child in a fucking barn is a drum. Is a drum. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like the carol of the little drummer boy. I, I don't I, like it. I, I, I love it because it's uh, this idea of like being encountered, being encountered with the reality of, of, of God incarnate. Yeah. You know, like just, I, just not literal. It's not, it's not a little Bible thing. Just be like, what happens? What happens with you? Who you uh, are when, when you hear that story and you think, what the frick do, what, what would I bring? Yeah. What, what could I the, bring? So you're, I can't you're bring looking myrrh. at, you're looking at I the can't spirit bring gold. of it. I can't bring frankincense. What could I bring? Well, I know how to play the drums. 
So you know what? If you want, if you want to act in the spirit of the wise men and bring something to God, bring what you've got on hand. Yes. And I, I get that. That's what that's about. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not biblical. So I think that's my my so what my big <laughs> hang up is I'm like the, the the problem what I don't like about it is that people preach it as biblical truth like people are like I have never boy. I have never once heard anybody say the drummer boy in the Bible <laughs> that that is no that's true that's never I've fucking never happened. heard anybody say that but when the when the pastor starts bringing up the drummer boy I'm like no no. And you know a pastor has done that. <laughs> okay, there are pastors that are dumb and have no business, <laughs> no being business up being up there. That is a fact. <laughs> We're looking to you, Joel. But in all honesty, like I have never come across that. Like yeah, I've never true. seen I've never, it in the wild. I I haven't, but I've seen it sung at church, and it's it's so. It's I mean, close. Okay, what about? What about modern church is about, yeah, you know, theological hymns. <laughs> Even hymns themselves were bartoons or, or, or psalms sung to bartoons. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're all various modern, modern types of, of, of sounds and thoughts and, and ideas that are kind of inserted into the church, in, into church services yeah. based on their time and place. Yeah. But I've never heard, I've never heard Little Drummer Boy done in a worship service, I've heard it done as a special number at times yeah. or as something that's a part of maybe a Christmas service where they're just doing carols together as a community. Yeah. Like that's I, a different I, thing. I think I, I put it in the same boat as the people who think that that hallelujah song is a, uh, oh, hallelujah. Oh, what is the guy that Hallelujah. That, that one. You know yeah. which song I'm talking about where some people would be like, well, this is a, cr- this this is is a, a church song. It's, it's a, a church song. He retarded. talks about David and he says hallelujah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't think you're listening to the lyrics there. <laughs> David and Bathsheba maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It yeah does. I mean, it, you know, I heard, you know. Uh, I don't remember the oh, song. Frick, I'm forgetting. I was literally you, singing it earlier today. And I don't. <laughs> Now that I'm on the spot, I can't remember. But yeah, it talks about David. A song that pleases David as the as the heart player. You know, like trying to compose music to God. It talks about him encountering Bathsheba. But it also kind of brings in the stuff with Samson having his hair cut. Yeah, and you know being broken. But really, it's all about this guy dealing with sexual lust. Yeah, like the songwriter. Not it's not a song about David. It's a it's a song about this guy who's dealing with these things, and. And, uh, and his own sense of self-righteous and sexuality but and all these things. And he's people will hear singing that song. it, singing it in a way, using religious Im- imagery to heighten it. Yeah. That's a different thing than what little drummer boy is. Yeah. Where you're but the taking thing is, something people modern that are interpreting it. There are people that interpret that and they, all they hear is the hallelujah part and they're like, oh, this must yeah. be a, or, uh. There's a lot of country music that does it a lot when it comes to uh, this is my church and stuff like that. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. no, you're thinking about the radio. <laughs> I'm sorry. I listen to the radio and I, I like it. I like it. Is it my church? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been on my motorcycle and thought both great and glorious thoughts and also vile, disgusting yeah, thoughts. Yeah, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, your motorcycle isn't your church. <laughs> no, no. Unless your church is real dirty. <laughs> Maybe that's that's a podcast for another day. What is church? Well, yeah, no. That, I, I think I think we can actually have a, like a decent discussion about that, that with some agreement and one. some pushback. I yeah, because again, okay, another well, let's save it. All right, 
really quickly, do you feel like we have properly uh, given a sophisticated discussion on the nuance of Christmas to children, or I think, or of Santa, because we haven't Santa. we haven't touched on nativity at all, and I don't no. want to. No, that's, I don't that's want That's for to. another year. That's easy. Yeah, I mean, talking about nativity and stuff like that, like I think that's a that's a discussion for another year when we're more inspired towards that. Like we wanted yeah. to talk about Santa. Yes, okay, today, specifically. You, now I think my point of view when it comes to sophisticated talk now that I'm older. Going to my son and allowing him the opportunity to have a more sophisticated relationship with Santa and his children. Because at this point, I've, I've already burned that bridge. Yeah. I mean, there's no going back there's for no either of back. us. But if I were to do it again, I would be able to be a lot wiser. My father would have had to come to me and said, I wish I would have done this differently. I wish I would have introduced you to Santa, but been prepared emotionally, mentally, theologically mm -hmm. to say, hey, you're going to face shit later on. I'm hoping to condition you to be better. Yeah, exactly. Like going forward with Mac... I actually want to have a conversation with him this year about the the history of the myth of, of myth of Santa. Yeah. Like who the historical person was and how did it turn into this thing with the Jolly Red character. Like I want to have that talk. Yeah. So. And, and I want to give him permission in the view, like when he's, when he's like, not right now, he's nine. I'm not going to say <laughs> when you have children right now, you have permission to, but I, I want to start talking about it in a way where he doesn't think like, Oh, this is the way that my dad did it, and this is the way that I do it. I want it. I want him to have a nuanced view, so he can make that call himself when the time comes, and not be like, you know, what'll dad think of me? Yeah, because like we're we're all young men, we still respect. I respect my father, but I'm trying to do things better, and I think yeah. one of the ways to do it better is actually be prepared with something. And my father never prepared me for this. He never prepared me for. Oh yeah, no, not me at all. Like my position on Santa. Did like, I influence it a little? No. That, that was that was already before there. Because I had a kid shortly before you did. I so. would say my position on how to talk about Santa was hugely affected by, like, pastors in the Reformed tradition like Driscoll or, like, uh, what's-his-face, um, John Piper and... And things like things like that, like that. That's kind of where I got it. Was just like, like, no, this is about Jesus. <laughs> like, no, well intentioned, well yeah. intentioned. <laughs> yeah, well intentioned, but like, no, like, yeah. My my idea of Christmas was like, no, I'm not fo like Santa's. Like, no, not happening. Like, this is a, you know, this is a character from from Hallmark cards. Yeah. Like, we're talking about Jesus at Christmas time. We're talking about nativity at Christmas time. Like, no, I don't want to teach you that you know gifts are coming from from a, a fairy from the north pole like, yeah like that was like i always kind of had this combat combative mindset towards the christmas story because of that really staunch reform thing that i was super into when i was a young young adult yeah that would be where that'd be where my attitude come under. Cause it didn't come from my parents. No. It was like, my parents did do that with me and I had no resentment towards that. There was no. And I'm the opposite where there. it kind of did come from my parents. Yeah. Mine did. Mine, mine strictly came from my parents never lied to me. I turned out fucking awesome. Really? They never <laughs> lied to you? Fucking. Never. That never. I know of. <laughs> Except when they said I was a good kid. I know that was a fucking. <laughs> No, they didn't lie to me about Santa, so 
Never I lied turned... to you about finances. Never lied oh, no. to you about. No, they didn't because they didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. So you can't lie <laughs> when you don't know. Your... That's like saying, "Hey, invest in Bitcoin." I hear it's great. No lying about which never... one they loved more. No, it was always me. It was always they lied to the other ones for sure. <laughs> but they never lied about Santa, and I turned out fucking awesome. Debatable. Debatable. It is debatable. That's what we do here. Uh, yeah. But like, as as I'm like looking at Santa now, yeah, I'm I'm seeing it as an interesting opportunity to deal with nuanced ideas with young minds. Like that's that's how I see it. But we're projecting a lot of nuance onto children. That's the scary part. We but are the thing putting is, a they're lot more nuanced than we give them credit for. They are probably are. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like you're just going to sit down and have a college level lecture with them about about stuff. But what did when, you learn about Saint Nicholas? Yeah, or <laughs> we didn't say. what I'm learning more and more is when you participate in traditions with kids, or with, or even just people in general. When you participate in traditions that are rooted in a basically enchanted version of the world, then like a lot of the lessons in that rub off, like. Like a lot of these things, like even, even like the Genesis story to come back to it, right? Like, even if you're not a nuanced scientist that knows about genetics or, or things like that, there is something to be learned about reading that story over and over and over again and absorbing it for the story it is. I, I, I agree. Right. Well, simultaneously, I don't believe that we were given the same opportunity because our parents were never taught the why. They were taught, taught the what. This is what you do. And so they couldn't teach the why. Mm-hmm. Because to them, to the priests of old, no offense to the priests of old, but I'm going to knock them for this. They taught the what, but never the why. There, Because there was, there is so much nuance to it. There was so, the rosary, a perfect example of it. Mm-hmm. Hey, you don't know what to pray right now? Pray this. Pray something. They understood the what, but not the why. And maybe it was from the generations before them, the the council in Nicaea that actually understood a lot of why, but they never got. Yeah. They there's, never. Re- they so, never projected yeah. the what. There's so the much. What. There's so much why, especially now. There's so much why we can go and research the whys. Like, yeah. Like we're we're in a, a. We stand on the shoulders of giants. We do. We stand on the shoulders. Times. But to pretend it wasn't there and never was there. Oh, that's that's that's. Right? Unjustifiable. It's, it's unjustified. But even like the anachronistic thing of looking back and being like, well, just because you didn't know the why means nothing, means it did you no good, isn't necessarily true either. Yeah. Like there but is. It, but it's, it's building a false foundation. It, it doesn't allow you, because a, a kid, mm-hmm. where God gives us a brain. Yes. He allows us to second guess and to question. And when you question, and you're not getting an answer that's, that, that, that gives you any confidence, why, why hang, you, you abandon it, especially mm-hmm. as a young person. <clears throat> yeah. As a young person, perhaps because like when, especially when we're like 18, 20. You're liberal minded. Liberal minded, super rebellious, all that stuff. But like th- things have a way of coming back around. <laughs> yeah, they do. And there comes back a time when you're like, huh, I wonder if, I wonder if believing that even if I don't believe it the same way anymore, or even if I disbelieve it. I wonder if that influenced my morality in a way that if I never had it, wouldn't, you know, like there's, there's those questions that can really be had. Yeah. It's like, let's look at Peterson and it's like, when you look at the, at the story of Pinocchio, yeah, 
or the stories of you know some of the other ones that he like you know really harps on or even like the marvel ones that he examines yeah who looks at those movies and dissects it into oh man here's the the cool here's the cool archetypes that i can learn from and examine and participate in nobody does that at least nobody does that consciously no there's a level where good stories seep things into you like almost through osmosis it's like it's really like osmosis where things seep into you that otherwise wouldn't and if it didn't work that good myths wouldn't work they wouldn't stand the test of time santa is a concept that has stood the test of time (laughs) like to a point where in an era where like now yeah where this is the most materialistic humanity has ever been in science yeah. and belief and things 1800 like that. 1800 years. It still has a grasp. Yeah. Right? And not just a grasp of, like, this is the thing that teaches people how to, you know, how, you know, how to spoil their kids, or this is just a, this is a, a trick by commercialism. But, like, no, there's something saintly about the idea of a spirit that just wants to give gifts with prudence and love. Yeah. Like that there's just a spirit of generosity that Santa embodies. Yeah. That permeates the season and inspires people who the rest of the year may be very selfish people, but this year they're inspired. They're, they're taking, you know, this idea, you don't have ideas. Ideas have you. Yeah. Right. Peterson. Like, yeah. (laughs) At this time of year, we see that more than any other time. Like this is the time when charities, like their lifeblood comes. Yeah. Of the, generosity, the, like the, the, this. Could this, you imagine having a charity on this calendar? It's fourth quarter. Yeah, it's fourth quarter. Yeah, this like, is like it. This Christ- is where you Christmas live or die. is where you live or die. And the generosity that fills people at this time of year is one of those things that, like, the spirit of Santa does something. Yep. The spirit of generosity, of love, of, of even to the atheists, even even yeah. to the people who believe in nothing or vaguely believe right? in something. They're, they're caught up in this idea, this saintliness yeah. that doesn't exist the rest of the time of year. Right? Like like a lot of a lot of fundamentalist Christians look at Christmas and they're like, oh, this is a time of year for Christians to 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 act worldly and participate in pagan holidays and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. It's it's the sneaky Some way for, for nihilistic Christians. Yeah. It's the it's the sneaky way for Christians to be worldly. You know, it's kind of the yeah. but no. No, this is the time of year where you get to you get where to, it's a it's a sneaky way for for atheists and pagans to act Christian. Yeah, exercise generosity in spite of themselves. Yeah, like because like there's when it comes to like spiritual beings, which I think saints are at, at a point where your mythos gets so much bigger than your life, you become like a saintly intelligence, like almost right. <laughs> yeah, where, to a certain degree. Yeah, where yeah. where this thing that you embodied starts to enact on the world in in actual tangible ways. Yeah. It's it's like a level of hierarchy where you can see, okay, if this idea of Santa does this, if it really works, you can see another higher level where something like the Holy Spirit embodies goodness itself and 
when you're inspired and participate in that mindset, when you're looking for that and eschewing the selfish, the selfish thoughts, the fleshy thoughts, the yeah, the stuff like that, you can be like, no, I want to participate in that spirit over there, the one that is just good, the real spirit of God itself. I want to participate in goodness itself. It's like a higher version of what Santa is. Yeah. So in that way, you can look at Santa and look at what it does at this time of world, a time of year. You could be like, it's like a, it's like a, a, a little window, like a little, a little PB glass to the, to the big thing behind it. And you're like, oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Like as, as an idea over time, even if it's changed in a lot of ways, the spirit of what St. Nick was of being this generous man, just, just the profoundly generous person, you know, yeah. like that thing that he was grew into this, this feeling that permeates the entire world yeah you know around the time of his death and it it's not a thing to celebrate saint nick itself but it's actually like it's a it's a window into what the holy spirit is like yeah so in that way you can kind of look at this and be like oh engaging in this at this time of year is like engaging with the holy spirit all the time yeah it's it's showing us a better way it does hmm, i have an interesting question I'm sure it's a question for another day, though. Is the modern sainthood dead? And what I mean by that is, is it possible to become a saint after Twitter, after Facebook, after Instagram? Is it possible? Oh, I think there definitely will be saints. Really? I have a hard time with it because, I don't know, we know so little about the saints of old. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's so And the much... people 2,000 years from now will know very little about us. I hope so. They may know more than we know yeah. then, but I mean, there could be cataclysmic events that wipe out most oh. knowledge other than the, the legends of what you may say so about this person what... over here or something like that, right? So, the, so it brings into thought, what will the sainthood of Devin be? What will the sainthood of Mike be? The understanding of our life. In oh the, man, that's a years. fantastic question. And I know, and I want to leave it. Let's just say I know, like, fun I, and I think that's something that we can get into if we want to do a book review of the Great Divorce. That's oh. one of the big questions that I have about that. Is like the lineage. What thing. What would I be as one of the characters in this in this story? Oh, now I gotta fucking read, or at least no, get the audio. Get the audiobook. <laughs> it's 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 easy to listen to. Yeah, I got, yeah. no. I've been meaning to. It's just it's it's even a really short book. Really? Yeah. Oh. Like hey. I, I think mine was like five hours total yes. as an audiobook. Oh, really? Yeah. And, yeah, we're good. I mean, mine was even free with Audible. I don't... Yeah, but you got to pay some Well, sorry, not... F- so, so with, it's with, like streaming, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, with, with Audible... It's like iTunes yeah, it's, kind it's, of thing it's where like, you're just paying Yeah, it's like iTunes for, for, books. for books. And, but you can also just buy them. Like, yeah. like iTunes where you like buy the album. Like, yeah. you're not, like I did it doesn't with all the Jordan the, Peterson yeah. books. It doesn't depend on the streaming services. Like you, you now own the digital rights to that copy. Like yeah. You can do that with it too. Yeah. But when you, ha- when you're subscribed to it, they give you credits. Yeah. Like for every month when a payment comes out, you get a credit for purchasing a book. Yeah. Um, and then, but there's the odd book in there where they put on specials where it's just free for audible people. Yeah. So I found like seven C.S. Lewis books that were all there just for, it doesn't take out it for your credits. It's yeah. like, it's a free book to add in. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, huh. that's a divergent thing. But yeah, that's, that's my overall view of like how to deal with the Santa dilemma right now. The is, thing is recognizing it as a dilemma is a big part of it where some people 
oh fuck, they just annoy me. Where they'll be like, lying's bad, never ever lie. And then I'm like, hey, I don't tell my kids that Santa's real. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And these are very, uh, I know them. You know them. Oh, yeah. People who are very stringent and but the, about, you know, don't lie. Never but, yeah. lie. And then they'll do this. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? And it really frustrates but, uh, me. That's, that's an interesting question. But they, like, but they don't have the nuanced like what, idea. You can't yeah. discuss it with them. Yeah, what is what is lying and what is participating in mythos? Yes. And I think that's I a question people need to ask. It's a question people need to know to ask. But it's the same ask. person who believes in healing if you believe enough or if they believe enough or if whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they're the yeah. ones that are, <laughs> yeah. When you're like, you are a walking contradiction, and you're telling me, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't take you seriously. <laughs> uh, either way, I I think there's a lot to the discussion. I think it is a dilemma, and if you just do it flippantly, yeah, it's dangerous mm-hmm. on both ends. Yeah, you know, I if I, you if you lie if you. <laughs> Tell them there's no such thing as Santa flippantly without thinking. That's dangerous. If you yeah. do the same thing on the other end of just telling them there's a Santa without thinking, that's both are dangerous. Yeah, no, that's true. And like, I wish, like, like I said, I regret not doing Santa stuff with my son. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think the person I was when, uh, when, when Mac first showed up, I don't think I could have done it right. Or if, if I did do it, like, I don't know. I, it didn't fit in my worldview at all at that time. Like, I don't think there was a way no. <laughs> for me to No, there was, there was it. no way because I wasn't raised in that way. Yeah. Like, no offense to my father, but I wasn't raised in yeah. a way that could have that discussion. And I look back now and I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to see the value in, I'm starting to see the value in magic. I'm starting to see the value in having at least some part of your life that's permeated with an enchanted worldview. Yeah. And I wish that I always would have. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wish I didn't get so sucked into, like, a Christian version of materialism. Yeah. Oh, hindsight, man. Hindsight. That's hindsight. all it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, it would have been it would have been fun if if I didn't overthink shit and I would have been like, oh, freaking, yeah, let's do the Santa thing. And, like, and then had that moment of revelation with my son and stuff. Be like, oh, you got me, kiddo. Yeah. Like, I, I wish <laughs> that was there. And I hope that's, that you guys out it's, there that are doing the Santa get to have that moment and it just be a, a cool bonding moment, like the first beer yeah. with your kid when he's a teenager. Yeah. You know, just 14. don't. Yeah, fundam- fundamentalism is bad. If you're, if you're a religious person or if you're an atheist or whatever, just be cool, man. Yeah. Just chill. And God bless. And don't be a dick. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. The music for the Blue Collar Philosophers is brought to you by Santa. He's the guitarist, producer, and mixing engineer of our of our music. And uh, he is from the North Pole Audio. So thank you, Santa. <laughs>